Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday. What's the date today? You would think that I would know the date because I say it every day. It's January 25th. I barely know what day it is most days, but uh, it's January 25th. We are here live. It's time for Destination Health. And we've got uh, a returning guest, one of my favorite guests on the show. We'll get to that in just a minute. I want to bring Lauren in to join me this morning. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. How's it going? Uh, Good, except I have this weird mental block about the date. I say it every day. You would think I would remember what day it is, but some days I'm not even (laughs) sure if I know what month it is. Oh, the other it's, day I, I didn't know what year it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have one of my favorite guests and one of my favorite topics today. We have Joel Salatin joining us. We're going to talk about dirt and soil and food and chickens and all kinds of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So let's just, uh, anything you want to start with, or should we bring Joel in and get at it? I think we should just bring Joel in. Let's do just that. Jump right into it. Let's do that. <laughs> Joel, good morning. Good morning, Kevin and Lauren. It's wonderful to be with you. Well, it is great to, great to <laughs> great have to you have here. Them. Yeah. And, and I have to say, I was so disappointed when I missed visiting you this past summer. It uh, just wasn't going to work out. The... Uh, the stars yeah, was, did, did not line up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a, a comedy comedy of errors there with mechanical issues, all sorts of things, and uh, I'm glad you finally got to a got to a, a, a harbor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, good relationships. You know, the the problem was lots of things went wrong on the coach, and I couldn't find anybody to work on it, which is a problem we seem to be having in society today. But luckily, I one of my best friends owns a diesel shop, and I was able to park there for a week and work on it myself. So we got it done, ah. but it just uh, just didn't leave me any time to come over and visit. And I think you were back out on the road again by the time I got it fixed. So we are uh, yeah. we're actually in the process of planning that same trip again for this spring. We have a big uh, trade show in Louisville, Kentucky. We do at the end of... March, beginning of April. Uh, so that's about as close as we ever get to you. So we're going to try again to shoot over there as part of that trip. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, Louisville is, uh, oh, what Louisville is maybe eight, uh, between seven and eight, seven sounds, and eight hours away. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, it's a, and it's a nice drive. That's actually, uh, take the yeah. shortcut through the woods there. It's a, it's a nice drive. So we're we're looking forward to that. You know, there there is so much I want to talk about with you. Um, one of the things, I, I think the way I'd like to approach it, um, you recently did a, uh, a speech at Hillsdale College, and I absolutely yes. loved that. that. You know, that thing should be a book. I know it's not long enough to be a book, but it, it should be a book. Um, it, it's on your, your blog post so people can go read this and I highly encourage them to, to go read this. The, the thing I love about this, if we go back to 2019 before the world changed and we, if we were to sit around and just have a 
complaint session. We're just going to sit around and complain about everything that's wrong with our country, our food supply, our healthcare system, our overreaching government, our schools. Our, if we went on and on about all the things that we wanted to improve about our government and our life, doesn't it seem like every one of them has gotten significantly worse in the last couple of years? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, COVID, you know, they, they always say that, um, that crises don't make a trend. What they do is they, they clarify a trend. They, they, they expose and make it more obvious, you know, whatever the trend is. And I think that's exactly what COVID did. Uh, things that were, uh, that, were, that were moving uh, have just come into much clearer focus. Yes. You know, it's interesting that you you focused on that that kind of phrase or saying. I, I've been saying that since the beginning of this. I read it from somebody. I didn't think of it myself, but I read that exact concept at the beginning of this, and I thought that that is. And you could see that trend happening within the first couple of months. What I what I'm shocked about is, you know, three years later, we're still talking about it. Well, yeah, because because it it became such a partisan divide. Uh, I don't know about you, Kevin, but I was actually, as the thing wore on and wore on, I didn't know whether to be happy or sad. You know, thirty roughly thirty seven percent of Americans refused to take the jab, and um, and and. I guess I guess for me, I'm actually uh, grateful that it was that high because the juggernaut, I mean, people were losing their jobs and things. And of course, now the New York, you know, New York City first responders that all lost their jobs over it. They've now been reinstated. You know, the courts have determined that it was uh, unconstitutional and all that. And and uh, so so I, I'm actually one of them that's 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 pleased. Yeah. Yeah. That it was thirty-seven percent who went against the um, went against the mandates, and of course, a lot of people uh, pressed into a corner. Uh, you know, uh, uh, took it to keep from losing their jobs. Yeah, I ran into a I ran into a fella in uh, Tennessee actually lately who has started what he calls a mutual assistance group, and this is local based. Uh, MAG mutual assistance group and they meet I don't know what monthly or something and they and they it was, it's just totally local and they simply look at their um, their vulnerabilities and say what can we do to shore up vulnerabilities and if we have a problem what can we do to uh, alleviate the problem for example somebody you know uh, faces well you got to get the jab or get fired well the local mag comes in and says, "Hey, what are your bills for three months? Uh, we'll 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 take those bills off your plate so you can get yourself wow. you know settled with something else, you know." And uh, and and just in in a lot of ways, basically, it's an "I've got your back" thing. Um, and I, I, after I heard him talk, I was I was convicted that I don't have one here, and felt a, you know, uh, I, I coveted. I'd like to have one here yeah um, to 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 just basically have have something if you're in crisis you you know you know where the 
you know where the wagon drivers are that'll that'll curl up the wagons around you. That's right. Yeah, I I like that idea, and I think we we do need to encourage more of that kind of behavior. You know, so. there's all the conspiracy theories floating around, and, and I try not to go down those rabbit holes, whether they're true or not. You can waste an awful lot of time on that. Sometimes I just default to the fact that, you know, maybe there's no big conspiracy here. Maybe it was just a big money grab. You know, maybe it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. It's just a bunch of people that saw a way to make an awful lot of money off of this. Um but either way, um, <laughs> you know, like like I said, it, there's the one of them. There's this talk of the great reset, right? We're going to break everything and and we're going to remake it in this vision, their vision. And when I was reading, I want to get back to your your speech. That's an alternative. Maybe maybe this is going to break everything. But maybe wouldn't it be awesome if the great reset could be your model? Well. A- absolutely, and and the uh, I've just finished a rough draft of a new book um, a couple of weeks ago that I hope is going to be out uh, this year, and uh, the the working title is Homestead Tsunami. Wow, good, good, good for our culture, um, critters and kids. I'd love and, that. And, and and what I'm seeing, I mean, last summer. I'll tell you, I've, I've you know, I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. <laughs> been around a while. Been on this farm for you know all my life, and uh, you know, sixty years. Uh, and and you know, a lot of people come through um, because you know we are kind of in the uh, we're iconic now in the yeah. whole you know kind of non chemical movement. Anyway, last summer for the first time, a caravan of rented RVs came through here. I mean, we had we had a couple of day it seemed every single day. Wow. And these were families and and every, their stories were identical. I'm from New York, Michigan, California. Uh, you know, the, the states that had been the most aggressive at lockdowns and and all and and, and the covid uh, requirements and we're we're leaving. We don't know where we're going. We rented this thing. We're we're on a one one month trip around the U.S. <laughs> to find a, to find a landing spot, and um, and it just it just struck me. This thing is real. And when you look at the you know the population differences, you know California just lost a congressman because their population yeah. is down. Yeah. Uh, you know what's happening in New York City? I mean, it's 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 um, it's yeah. weak, and. Uh, I mean, we uh, there's you know there's empty housing and, and people are leaving, um, and, and so there is a, there is an emigration going on for sure in the country from from urban to rural and 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 I think what COVID did as it you know we used to call them preppers and of course we had the Y two K thing where everybody went ballistic and and but now there's this kind of a deep gnawing intuition in in people's minds you know what. If the wheels fall off, I don't want to be in the city. There's just it's just kind yeah. of a primal thing. Yeah, uh, I want to be where I can shoot a deer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can, yeah, I can cut some firewood. I can yep. put up a. 
<laughs> you know, and and that that is driving. There there is a tremendous amount of just kind of deep unease uh, in the country, and and I think that's what's fueling this kind of um, homestead farmstead. You know, back to the uh, a rural revival. You know, I, I I absolutely love that you're you're speaking our language here. It was probably right about the same time we started down the health road, which was about eight years ago. Um, I, I you know, and we started looking at things like pressure canning meat, mostly so that drivers could control their own food supply on the road with them. You know, so they weren't held hostage to these food deserts and the garbage you find out on the road. Um, But then we also started realizing, hey, this isn't such a bad idea. You can this meat, it now becomes shelf stable. Why don't we just start building up a supply of this? It's shelf stable for years. Um, And we did start talking more about prepping. And I got to tell you, I got a lot of pushback in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like, what, have you gone off the deep end? You know, think about the the, the TV show Doomsday Preppers. You know, we made them all look like idiots. Um, That's what we tend to do, right? So that's everybody's impression. You must have lost your mind. Uh, But now it's kind of a normal, common thing we talk about on the show, just being prepared when you're in the truck. You know, you you guys had that um, highway shut down there in Virginia and, you know, People worried about right. dying in their cars and um, something so simple that all could have been avoided. I mean, every one of us that travels should have some basic emergency stuff in the car. The, yeah. Our drivers yeah. who basically right. well, live in that truck, we, we they should go even further to be prepared. Sure, and 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 in the home and in the home of your family, you left behind. I mean, man. I couldn't believe uh, reading these articles about when that when that big uh, blizzard hit hit Buffalo, New York, uh, whatever it was, a month ago, and and stories of you know of people that that survived because they were able to stumble into a I don't know a, a school basement or some yeah. you know someplace, uh, but you know well I just. You know, we saw the snow. So my wife sent me down to the store to get a a, a jug of milk, and, and I didn't get home for four days. Yeah, right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> man, uh, I mean, yeah, milk milk can be important, but don't you don't you have food stored in the house? Right. And and so the whole idea of a of a of a larder in your home uh, for your family to feel, you know, uh, uh, in a in a safe nest while you're on the road that's as important as what you're taking on the road with you let 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 your being on the road be an extension of of the nest that your family is is yeah. um, protected in yeah you know i i read some statistics when we first started you know thinking about this that the average person has less than three days worth of food in their house and i thought that's impossible i mean even when i didn't consider myself preparing for this. I, I could have made it a couple weeks with what was in my pantry, not a couple days. Um, right. But I, you know, I, I live in a very small town. It's never going to get any bigger. We're in a national scenic area. So uh, it's a small community. And then I live up on top of a really steep hill. It's a tiny little neighborhood in a little town. We don't even have one traffic light in town. That's how small it is. And uh-huh. We don't get a lot of snow. We have a really mild winter. We usually stay around 40 degrees. When we do get snow, we get buried. 
I mean, we get this big, heavy, wet snow happens once in a while. We just get sure. buried, and we're up on this hill, hard to get in and out of here. I have a vehicle that I just prepare before winter. It's got chains on it. It's got all kinds of emergency equipment to tow people out and jumpstart people. And, and I let everybody know, look, if, if you get stuck, if you need something from the store, if you need to run somewhere in an emergency, just let me know. And every year I pull people out and help people. And people actually did start asking, oh, you know, hey, if you're, if you're doing a store run, will you pick this up for me? And it's stuff like, <laughs> you, you're, you're out of coffee, Come on. You drink it every day. The things they were asking for. Come on. I'm not running to the store to get you beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're you're, you're exactly right. And the the just in time, uh, I mean, one of the things that COVID did for sure, you know, in in the whole business world is it moved us from, you know, the, the operative phrase for decades has been just in time, just in time inventory, yeah. just in time everything. And now, you know what it is, it's been shifted to just in case, yeah. just in yeah. case. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, and you're seeing in the, you know, in the, uh, in the business writings and, and instead of efficiency, we're hearing about resiliency because there's this, there's this, uh, uh, whatever awareness now that if, if we're not first resilient, then we don't have anything to be efficient about. First, yeah. you have to survive. Good point. Uh, before you can be efficient, and so, so yeah, all of, all of these things. Uh, the, I tell you, those empty store shelves, those were, you know, um, those were new in my lifetime, yes. and they they created an understanding that the system that the system that we have is fragile. I mean, we had we had people in our farm store. That were, I mean, it was so crowded. In the we in, in the spring of 2020, we sold a year's worth of food in six weeks. Wow! And and uh, I mean, it, it was the craziest thing we ever saw. And people admitted they they come in the store, and this, this is out on a farm on a dirt road. Okay, <laughs> but, but we had the food. You know, right, they were coming exactly. To get, and 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 yeah, and and people admitted over and over. They said. I would have never gone anywhere except the supermarket. I've never been anywhere except the supermarket. But, you know, now we're suddenly, there's nothing there. Yeah. And so we come to where the food is. And so it, it brought a lot of things into clearer perspective and focus and, um, and was, was, you yeah. know, it, uh, was, was a, a cultural changer. I think, I think it's going to affect us for some time. I, yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, to me, what came to mind was just shocking. Like you said, in in our lifetime, we're about the same age. You, you just that you, that was unthinkable. That what do you mean in the United mm-hmm. States? I'm not going to be able to get food. Come on, there's food everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is something else we need to talk about. I, I do want to go back. You know, your your story of the RVs and the traveling around and looking for a place landed that's in the homesteading. It's kind of been our story for the last decade. We did the same thing. Lisa and I spent three years in an RV uh, traveling around, doing our show, running the business. Just did got to see the whole country. Went to you know, all 48 of the the lower states and, you know, got to experience a lot of things. And I did a lot of that when I was driving, but, um, and we decided on a place to land and we landed here and started buying land and, um, 
my neighbors are now starting to call my garden a mini farm because it keeps getting bigger every year. I have less and less lawn, uh-huh. and more and more garden, and I'm I'm just just fascinated by that whole process of, um, you know, I read the the book Dirt to Soil, it, and what a great analogy. Yep. When I went out there, it was dirt, and it, it was awful dirt. I mean, we have rocks like crazy where I am, and the dirt was horrible, and I thought, what am I going to do with this? And just a couple years later, what a transformation. You know, I, I compost, I plant cover crops. I it, None of this stuff is complicated. It's really not that expensive if you're willing to, to put in right. the work. And, and all of a sudden, I have this incredible soil that just grows stuff like crazy. Yeah, it's hard for people that, that aren't familiar with working with the soil. It, it seems, you know, from a distance, the, the disconnected distance that most people have, uh, it, it seems like it just it just doesn't do anything. It just sits yeah, <laughs> yeah. there. It's inert. It's, uh, you know, what can you do to change it? Well, you 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 can do a lot to change it, and it, it's it's very much a living uh, a living organism, and it responds rapidly. And uh, yeah, you you can go you you can you can build soil, create soil. Um, amazingly fast with a little bit of strategy and so yeah that's that's one and, and the same thing is true people are intimidated by you know by real food well what do you do with a you know with a squash with, yeah. with a whole squash <laughs> what, what do you what do you do right. with uh you know uh, what do you do with a whole chicken yeah um and and so so you know culinary expertise um is also something you can develop pretty fast yeah and yeah. you know, you you just you just get your you know get your crock pot or instapot, and uh, and you start scratch you know putting putting stuff that you've grown in the garden in there. Oh yeah. And uh, then you get your you know get your uh, get your pressure canner, and um, I mean when Teresa sends me to go get food, she sends me to the basement, and bring up a jar of green beans, <laughs> that's and right. And right, squash. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's where I go shopping. You know, we got yep. hundreds of quarts of stuff down there. Uh, that's good for you know years and years and years, and and, and we, we know where it came from. We know what what chemicals were not put on it. We know what soil it grew in, and um, and that that's that's not a that, that's not reflective of some sort of a, a paranoia hysteria on our right. part. It's right. just that's the way country people live forever. They, they, it, you know, there were no supermarkets until 1946. Yeah, right. So yeah. They, they didn't exist. You, you know, I, I didn't grow up in that culture. I didn't grow up in a family where we canned and preserved and had a garden. I, I, I was the opposite. I, I grew up in the 60s where it was everything was canned from the store and TV dinners. And I mean, it, it was really just awful. Um, fortunately, though, my mom still cooked quite a bit. So so there was, you know, we didn't go eat out. We didn't eat a ton of prepared food. So I, I kind of fell in love with food and cooking, and I've been cooking my whole life. So the garden part now, um, what a great uh-huh. addition to that. When you say, you know, this isn't because, you know, I'm afraid of something or it, it's just the way we live. And I, I can tell you, having experienced both, 
I really, really prefer this method. I Just like you said, I love walking down into the pantry downstairs and looking at all that food. Most of it came from the garden or I, the meat I canned myself. And it's like going to the grocery store. Everything's down there. What do I want to make for dinner tonight? Yeah, that's right. So, you, yeah. So, so what happens is your menu, uh, you know, what you have on hand is, is how you determine the menu rather than I'll make a menu and <laughs> I'll go buy it. <laughs> right. Instead, uh, you know, it, it, it comes the other way around. And, and you know what? When we've got a bumper crop of green beans, well, you, you can, there's all sorts of ways you can fix green beans. You can fix green beans au gratin. You can fix them in a casserole. You yeah. can put some bacon strips in them. You can, yeah, there's all sorts of ways that you can eat green beans. But, um, but you know, to, to eat, to eat what we call, you know, close, close to the land and close to the, uh, to your place is a, you know, is, is a great thing. And, and, uh, and I think that, that as this progresses, uh, I mean, there are plenty of people that are starting to, uh, whatever, you know, shake things about, well, there's going to be starvation. Now we're seeing the price of eggs go through the roof, uh, with high path avian influenza, 58 million, uh, you know, chickens exterminated in the last eight or nine months. And, um, and so, you know, it, it, uh, it gets to be, it, you know, in, in 2020, in 2020, one million backyard flocks of chickens were started in the, wow. in the country. Wow. And um, if you assume that each one had six chickens, that's six million chickens. I actually did the math on it. And, and just to show you, uh, that was only enough to produce about 0.15% of our eggs. No way. As, as a country. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I was, <laughs> as you were telling this, I was thinking to myself, oh, it's a good thing everybody went out and did that. That's probably helping our egg supply right now, but not by much, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it just shows you the, uh, you know, the, the size. I mean, there's, there's what, uh, there's 300 and 340 million Americans. There's, uh, there's, uh, you know, 150, close to 200 million, 200 million households. And, um, and you can, you can just do the math, you know, per capita consumption of eggs and, and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a whole lot. But, um, so the point is that, that a million, a million households with eggs, uh, compared to 200 million households is, you know, less than half a percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the the, the interesting thing, and I, I was talking about this the last couple of years as beef prices went up, and, and I was saying, look, I, I'm not really seeing these price increases from the places I get beef from. Uh, and chickens and eggs, it's kind of the same thing. There's still all, several people around here in a small town locally. I can buy backyard eggs for 4 and $5 a dozen. And now the the supermarket eggs have skyrocketed past that, and you got people running around trying to find these local eggs now. Right, right, that's right. So what's happened is that the, and not necessarily just COVID, but you know when Joel Arthur Barker wrote the book Paradigms back in the seventies, and actually kind of invented the term and, and brought it to the world. The idea of, of paradigms is kind of a you know kind of a, an umbrella worldview that each of us has. One of his axioms 
that he has in the book is that every paradigm eventually exceeds its point of efficiency. And, you know, if you look at nature, for example, uh, you look, look at a herd of zebras in Africa. You know, that, that herd of zebras, uh, the, the, the difference in size of those zebras is probably not more than 20 pounds in the whole whatever yeah. uh, 10,000 zebras they're probably not 20 pa- why well because if they're if they're bigger than that it takes too much energy to maintain their their body and and they die during the drought and if they're smaller they're not big enough to fight off the lions and yeah. <laughs> and tigers that are affecting their babies so there's a there's a there's a sweet spot i mean uh, my mentor Alan Nation used to say there's a reason why an elephant is the size of an elephant is, and a mouse is the size of a mouse is. A mouse the size of an elephant wouldn't be a very successful <laughs> mouse. An elephant the size of a mouse wouldn't be a very successful <laughs> elephant. And, and, and you know, there, there, is, there, are, there are scales. Uh, and the same thing is true uh, with, with, even with mechanics. Um, you know, the, uh, my favorite expression of this is the supersonic transport. Remember the French Concorde? supersonic transport and it turned out that it was too big and too fast and therefore too expensive to run it was an amazing thing but it 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 exceeded the point of efficiency um of that of that paradigm turned out that the stodgier you know 777 and and some of these others were uh, you know are actually uh better they go a little slower uh but they're not so expensive to run and and so just because just because scale A works does not mean scale, you know, 2A works or scale 3A works. And so what's happened in our food system as it industrialized, we have scaled the field size, the, the cow size, the, uh, the, the processing plant size. Uh, we, we've scaled everything to, to a point of of exceeding efficiency and tipping over into fragility. And so, for example, you know, on on our farm, we have about 20 of us that earn a living. Uh, the, the slaughterhouse that we use has about 22 full-time uh, employees. And, you know, if you're, if you're I'm, I'm just using slaughterhouse as an example, if your slaughterhouse is 5,000 people crammed into a, uh, a, a cool, dark, damp place all the time with 5,000 people, that is a much bigger vector for everything from COVID to listeria Good point. than a small plant that only employs 22 people uh, that has a lot of, you know, a lot of sun coming in it and things like that. The, the, the question I always ask people is, do you think we would have had as big a hiccup in the food system in the spring of 2020 um, if instead of 300 5,000 person centralized processing plants funneling all the food into the country, if instead we had had 300,000 50 employees yeah. neighborhood sized uh, food plants funneling food into the country, I, I haven't met anybody right that the 300,000 would have given us a better flow and a quicker adaptation to a new to a new uh, context 
than than three hundred five thousand person outfits. You know that that kind of takes me right to the next topic. It, it, if we look at there, there are two industries we really focus on with the topics that we talk about, and there you, you can't even separate the two anymore. Big food uh, and big pharma. Um, just both really, really big problems. And then let's just throw in big government to collude with them and we get the trifecta of where we are now. Uh, You know, that that idea, and we've heard this phrase forever, the rich keep getting richer, the poor keep getting poor, the middle class disappearing. If you look at the numbers, there's some truth to it. I I mean, it really is happening. And and like you said earlier, it was a trend. And then this catastrophe accelerated that trend. I mean, you can look at it. It was the last three years have been insane how that worked. You know, I tell people all the time, look, you could think it's a government conspiracy. It's not that complicated. People who figured out how to make lots of money. It's not like they're going to forget overnight. They know how to make lots of money. They've already proven that. Why would that trend stop? It, it, it wouldn't. And, and people who don't manage money well and keep getting poorer, that trend's probably not going to stop either. I think, talk about paradigms, I, I think that there's another split happening, and I think it may even be bigger, and it's this issue around health. The, you know, we, yeah. we've got people going down the path of, you know, fake meat, fake food. Um, the, I don't even want to get into the whole vegan thing, and they're pretty vicious when you start to interact with them. Yeah. But we have we have a whole push in that direction, fake everything now, and a lot of people heading that way in this over-processed food. And yet there's this big movement back towards diets like carnivore and, you know, real food, none of the hyper-processed I think we're going to see that same kind of split. We're going to see people, if, if you are stuck yeah. in that industrial food system, you will also spend the rest of your life in our industrial sick care system. And if you can get out right. of the industrial food system and, and eat real food and do the things we're talking about, whether you raise it yourself or not, you still have access to it. You are going to be significantly more healthy than the other half. I tell people, here's the good news. When it comes to money, you're not making it into the 1%. That's just not happening. The the odds Mm -hmm. are stacked against you. Now, you may become wealthier. You may do okay. You may have enough money for your needs. That's wonderful. You're not going to make it into the 1% in that race. But you know what? On the health thing, everybody can do this. You could become the top 1% of the healthiest people in this country. It's not even that difficult. Yes, uh, you're you're hitting on a on a whole lot of themes there, and uh, and I, I would just harken back to uh, Sir Albert Howard, who kind of is considered the uh, the godfather of the whole sustainable agriculture movement. Uh, he he inv- he basically brought the the re- the scientific recipe formula for aerobic compost to, to the planet in his foundational book, An Agricultural Testament, which was released in 1943, right in the middle of the great WWII. And, and, um, and of course, the, the recipe was very simple. It was, you know, it was carbon, nitrogen, microbes, air, and water in the right, in the right ratios. Nobody had ever put it together before. 
and so that's why he's considered kind of the godfather of of, of you know oh, okay. modern scientific yeah. biological farming. Anyway, one of the one of his his he has numerous you know profound sentences in the book, but one of them is that he calls chemical fertilizers artificials artificials, and he says he says when you feed the soil with artificials, artificial soil makes artificial plants, which then make artificial animals, which then make artificial people who can only be kept alive by the continued use of artificials. Wow. Boy, was that profound. That, that, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's 1943. Yeah. yeah it, could, it could have been written yesterday. Holy cow. Yeah. So, so that, that, I think that encapsulates your whole your whole riff there on everything yeah. from the, you know, the, the, the fake food to the, to the health, to the pharma. Um, when, you, when you go that artificial route, you are now committing yourself to the crutches of artificiality in all sorts of arenas. And so going to authenticity, authenticity away from artificiality, moves you into exactly I really appreciate you pointing out that that you can be at the at the top 1% of health and if we could couple that with our earlier discussion about you know what if the wheels fall off and and, and different people have different different uh, explanations of, of of wheels falling off it could be uh uh it, catastrophic uh, depression it could be um it could be the grid going down. It could be yeah. invasion. Yeah. It could be uh, a, an a parasite. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, you know, a, a disease. Whatever. But but at the very least, what is the one thing that when the wheels fall off, that that is not a time to be sick. Good point. You know, That's right. When, and, and, and the worst time to be sick is when is when things are, are tenuous in culture. And so, uh, this this investing investing in your health, getting authentic food, uh, getting in your kitchen, cooking from scratch, you know, cooking that that whole potato and not getting you know freezable yeah. MSG painted French fries. And, and you know what? The other thing is the cost completely changes. Yeah, it does. I was up. I was up a couple of years ago in New York City. Um, uh, doing a book tour when I, my book uh, "Folks, This Ain't Normal" came out, they took me over to the green markets. Now these are the most these are the most expensive uh, farmers market in the world, right there, right in Manhattan and New York City, right off. Oh of. yeah. And uh, so I, I asked my hostess, the the gal, the, the editor that had done the book. I, I said, "So would you please take me to the well?" We, we she brought me to the farm market master i said i'd like you to take me to the most expensive potatoes in the in the green market she said sure i'll, I'll take you over so we went over to this guy and it was the most beautiful display kevin the, it, it, it was it was like a, a credenza with like 40 different varieties of potatoes there were little you know purple fingerlings yeah. and, and red and greens and and just all sorts of potatoes so i looked through the i looked at the little display credenza there and found the most expensive one and it was like a dollar ninety nine a pound, which is expensive for a <laughs> for potato. For a potato, yeah. But here's, but but here's the thing: <laughs> you walk across the street into 
half a dozen supermarkets were all around, you know, th- this area, and get a Frito Lay's potato chip bag, and it's and it's four dollars a pound, and, and so so this so the, one of the best things that you can do for your health and your bank the health of your body and your bank account is to actually get authentic unprocessed food and fix it in your own kitchen. You know the. The reason those Lay's potatoes are so expensive is somebody has to pay for that toxic, poisonous seed oil that they were cooked in. <laughs> well, yeah, and of course you have the you have the bag, you have the marketing, right. you have all that going with it. Yeah. And, and and goodness, you know, and I know when you start transporting something as oh, fragile yeah. and crushable as potato chips, hey, you talk about do, you talk about. Uh, Diesel fuel per pound, man, it it goes way up. You know what's interesting about potato chips is a lot of people don't know this one of these weird things, you know, when you're in the industry is that there are special routes for those potato chips because you can't take them over passes. Uh, They can't go over elevation. They explode. They put a bunch of nitrogen or something in the bag, and they they don't handle passes well. So we have to sometimes specially route those loads just because of that. Huh? Is that right? Yeah, I've I never heard that before. Uh, is, is that is that true for all whatever vacuum sealed packages or just I, potato chips? I'm not sure. I, I'm sure it's probably more than potato chips. I don't know if it's just snack foods. I don't, I don't think it's really widespread. I think it it's mostly potato chips and some of those fragile kind of snack foods. Well, probably because there's so much air in the bag. Yeah, if well, you exactly. Put, uh, if, you put a, right. if you put a ribeye, <laughs> yeah, if you put a ribeye steak in a vacuum sealed bag, there's there's no air in no it. No room left. Yeah, but uh, or but in a in a. We, you know, we could a, a potato a potato chip bag yeah. is not vacuum sealed. You know, because you can't pull the oxygen out, or you right. crush all the <laughs> crush yeah, all I, the chips. I think that's the idea. There, there is so much air in there, and it's that way to protect the chip that it just doesn't handle that that change in elevation. You know, we we could also grow our own potato. I love growing potatoes, by the way; they're really fun. And then we could cook our own French fries in some beef tallow. That's really good. Yes. Yes, yes. Or or even lard. A lard, yes. Yeah. Duck fat, one of my favorites. Yeah, now, now you're now you're now you're becoming uh now you're talking about you know, keto and things that's like that. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That that's yeah, that's great. But you know, that stuff that stuff travels fine and um as we've talked and I, you know, I so appreciate your you know, your thrust here to to truckers which, you know, run the Run the world, and uh, I mean they're they're <laughs> they're almost they're almost on the same uh, level as first responders these days. Just about, you know, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When when the trucker shut down, man, we are in we're big in trouble. Trouble, yeah. We're that, in big trouble, and and uh, and I guess my encouragement to all these uh, mainly guys, and there's plenty of gals out there too, but it, you'd be surprised with a little bit of intentionality can do uh to to prepare to you know to take you to take you places and uh i mean for example we you know we make a a wonderful 
pork and beef. We have three different types of uh, of meat meat sticks, snack sticks. I've taken when I travel. I you know I, I fly a lot, speak a lot, and and um, I can throw a couple of those in the in the suitcase, yeah. you know. And um, they they don't make any they they don't make any uh, uh, mess. It's not like you're dribbling crumbs all over the place. <laughs> right. They're very very satiating. I mean, you can eat you know a one ounce uh, pork stick. It tastes fantastic. It's like candy, um, and and one of those will keep you going for you know uh, 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 hours, and and they're they're easy to take, and uh, and and so you can you can either do something like that, uh, or you uh, you can um, and, and and you can buy these, you know, you can buy these by the you know by the bucket full. They get right. real, real cheap when you get a whole bunch of them. We, I mean, our, our price between if you buy one or if you buy like a hundred of them is like a fifty percent change. I mean, it's it's a huge, huge price break, and yeah. and then so you, you you stack up on this. You've got it in your inventory. You grab Absolutely. a handful, you go. And the other thing is that that you know you can take you can take a lot of stuff in a you know in a Yeti cooler, um, uh, you know, dried stuff. Um, good night. Uh, can't we? We we can peaches. We make applesauce. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Can, home home canned peaches. So you go down I, to the go down to the orchard and buy bushels of peaches. <laughs> you can them up and you take four or five jars of peaches. You pop that lid and I mean oh, to tell yeah. you that's like we, that's like you can't get that in a restaurant anywhere. That's gourmet stuff. You know we have uh, <laughs> where where I live here. We we supply most of the country with a lot of stone fruit from this area: peaches, um, plums, uh-huh. apples, apricots. Uh, the peaches that they grow here are just incredible. And we went down and one of the farms that we like to go to, they will take all of their stuff that's just, the peaches are just starting to go overripe. And and they'll put them all uh-huh. in one bin and they'll discount them. And that's what I go by every time. And they're kind of ugly. They're starting to get a little bruised up and they're really soft. Sure. But they are so sweet and delicious. And I'll make uh, peach butter out of it. Uh-huh. Just like uh-huh. making apple butter, same thing. Throw in some cinnamon and some warm spices and cook it down yep. and concentrate it. And it's like dessert. I mean, it, it's it's such a... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, such a treat. And, you know, we, we've, like I said, we, we've taught drivers how to pressure can meat and meals. You know, pressure can chili. You can pressure can soups and, and casseroles. And yes. It, it all becomes shelf-stable. And we have them fermenting vegetables. Because, again, they, they become shelf-stable. They don't have to be refrigerated anymore. So now you can take them on the truck for a, a month or two. It's no big deal. Um, and, and we now have truck drivers eating way healthier than the average American when it used to be the opposite. Right, right. Yeah, well, the ones that, the ones that listen to your show do. I'm sure there's still plenty that... Uh Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, still we're, on the on the on the grease monkey dole there, uh, yeah. down at down at the diner. But uh, yeah, yeah. Kudos for you for for making folks aware of it, and and uh, we love it when when a you know a truck comes in here and and um, and you know they they've listened to you and they just stop by. We uh, that, that's just a, that's a treat for us. Yeah, well, that's a treat for them too. They always come back and report to us what a what a great experience it was. So I encourage more people to do that. Joel, I want to be uh, 
respectful of your time here. I know we're coming up to the top of the hour. There are several things I wanted to get to. I, I want to I go back and really encourage people to go to your... What's the easiest way to find your blog? Just search for your name, right? I mean, you come right up. Yeah, yeah. Search my name or, you know, Musings, musings of the Lunatic Farmer. Um, that's, the, that's the actual title of it. Yeah, the, uh, go read the... Um, the Hillsdale speech, it, it, it's long for a blog post, really, really excellent. I wish we had more time to to dive into that. Maybe we can come back to that someday because I, I really like that and I'd like to spend more time on it. But a couple other things that I, I wanted to get to, you know, we were talking about how things in food and, and health and medicine have, have gotten so much worse. Have you seen this trend now of started with celebrities and then it was on social media now it's all over the place people taking these uh toxic diabetic drugs to lose weight yeah it's it's uh that's a big business isn't it isn't that just awful <laughs> yeah yeah it, it is and and um you know, uh, plenty of us could use a, could lose a few pounds, but uh, boy, if if you don't if you don't eat the junk, it's a lot easier to it is it's a lot easier <laughs> to keep the pounds off. It really is. And, and then what what made it worse? Uh, that was bad enough when I started seeing that these drugs are horribly toxic. And then there's a, a unintended consequence of this we're now seeing shortages of these drugs and unfortunately we have diabetic patients who need them to survive that we could teach them how they really don't need them but so now we have people and, and these things are like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month and in some yeah. cases insurance is even paying for that which just disgusts me um if you want to go do this, you should be paying for this stuff out of your pocket. But um, what really made it worse was the um, whoever does this, the CDC, the FDA. I don't know. I can't keep all the government agencies straight. But now they are the new recommendation to doctors now. Children, 13 and up, they are they are encouraging doctors to explore drugs and surgery for overweight children now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no end to, to masking, uh, masking symptoms of a problem. Uh, you know, we just, as a society, we're too, uh, we're too shallow and impatient to actually go to the root of our problems, and and so the quick fix, the 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 masking over the band aid, you know, becomes the the go to remedy, and it, it, it doesn't deal with the you know it doesn't deal with the real problem, and and one of the you know one of the big problems we have right now is obviously you know eating eating uh, junk food. Uh, you know, you're, you're never going to get fat eating a T-bone steak. That's right. Um, That's right. So, so you know, it, it's it's the, the remember the movie uh, uh, Biggie Size Me. Remember that? Yeah. The, Morgan uh, Spurlock. The guy was Spur, Spurlock, I think. Yeah, yeah, was his name, and he he about killed himself eating McDonald's for <laughs> yeah. a few weeks. Yeah. And. And, and and so you know, I, I classify all that as junk food. It's all yes. it's all junk yeah. food. 
Um, but you, so you have that, that thing. And then the second part is a lack of exercise, lack of getting out. Of course, COVID, I mean, right. So, so during, during COVID, I did a lot of guest podcasts and I, uh, I developed at the, at the height of it. I, I had this little thing that I did. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if Dr. Fauci came to the microphone uh, next week and said, hey, you know what, America, America, we're going to try something new. We're going to try something new. So what we're going to do, we're going to take one month and see if we, can, if we can increase our immune systems. Let's just, let's just try to increase our immune systems. So here's, here's what I want everybody to do. I want everybody for one month, don't drink any soft drinks. No Coke, no Pepsi, no Dr. Pepper, no Mountain Dew, you know, no yeah. soft drinks. And for a month, uh, and and we're not going to eat any junk food, fast food. We're gonna we're gonna actually cook real food at home, and it doesn't have to be organic, but it, it, right. it but it but it, 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 it it's to be un- unprocessed. Yeah, unprocessed food. Fix it at home. All right. Then uh, let's see. What else are we gonna do? We're going to um, we're going to drink uh, half a gallon of water every day because everybody's dehydrated. So we're going to drink half a gallon of water. We're going to sleep for eight hours a night because nobody gets enough sleep. So you don't stay up late watching TV. Go to bed and get eight hours of sleep. You're going to uh, work. You're going to go out and get uh, uh, 20 minutes of exercise a day to sweat. You need to sweat to get you know to get all those toxins out of your body and let your body expel its junk. So we're going to sweat 20 minutes a day. I don't care whether you walk, do jumping jacks, yoga, whatever it is. Um, so twenty minutes, and then you know, you know we need vitamin D. So we're going to go out in the sun for twenty minutes a day. Don't lock yourself up in your house. Go out in your sun outside and and soak up the sun for for twenty minutes a day. And uh, and let's see what 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 else could there possibly hey. be here? Hey Joel. Um, okay. Let let me just jump gonna, in real. One more thing. Okay, throw that last one in. Go ahead. Yeah, the last one is. Um, since since stress is the number one destroyer of immune system, you're going to make a list of all the people that you hate, make a list of them, and then forgive them. There you go. There you go. And and then be grateful that you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be grateful so, that you, know, you just did. Just imagine if, if that if that had been the recipe during COVID. Yeah, so that brings up something really interesting, and it was on my list, so you brought it up. Um, When we look at, there there was a report that came out recently, and it's pretty shocking. When we look at metabolic health, and we are now finding that everything comes down to metabolic health. Very, very few things are actually genetic. Um, All of our problems, even some we thought weren't, we're now finding out our, we're finding out cancer is clearly a metabolic disease. It, it's not that different from all the other diseases. Uh, really good book just came out recently called Brain Energy. And this doctor has shown where anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, all of these things, they, there's nothing different about the brain diseases. He's saying they are metabolic as well. And that's actually good news. If all this stuff is metabolic, we can fix it. The, the scary yeah. part is when they measured metabolic health, I think the number is something like 12% of the population is metabolically healthy. 12%. 
So if we look at how disruptive COVID was, one of the things we know is if you had a healthy metabolism, you probably also have a healthy immune system. And this was not a problem. Maybe this was only, there's all kinds of theories. Is it real? Does the virus even exist? Again, I don't want to go down any of those rabbit holes, but something we could easily prove if we would have been more metabolically healthy as a country, this wouldn't have been a pandemic. Yes, that that's that's exactly that's exactly right. In fact, in fact, I believe that if the government had never told us anything, in other words, just just whatever it was, let it come, yeah. let it be, and the government doesn't even doesn't have any policy, any I mean nothing. Right. I don't think we would have had any more and perhaps less uh, uh, problems <laughs> as a result of it. Than, than what we got with the government you yeah. know, creating all sorts of policies and agencies and reports and everything else. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, I, I hope people don't believe that this was our last pandemic and this is over with. I think this is a trend. We're going to start seeing more and more of this kind of stuff. And I, I just, I, 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 we need to encourage people to take control of their own health. You know, going back to that list, I, I, of all those things you should do every day, sweat for 20 minutes, get sunshine, um, good foods involved in all this. What's the one thing people could do that would accomplish all of that? Start a garden. (laughs) Start a garden. You accomplish all of that. You get your sunshine. You get to go dig in the dirt where all those good, healthy microbes are and don't wash your hands and don't wash your food. Just grab a tomato off the plant with your dirty hands and eat it. And you'll be out there in the sunshine and you start moving compost and and dirt and material and you will sweat. You can work up a a darn good sweat out in the garden and you're getting the sunshine and you're producing your own food. We need a lot more gardens. Oh, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And when you realize that, that America, this is a fun statistic, America has has 35 million acres in lawns. (laughs) That's that's not golf courses, athletic fields, or anything. That's just lawns. 35 million acres in lawns, and we have 36 million acres housing and feeding recreational horses. Now, I'm not opposed to horses. Right. All I'm just saying is that 71 million acres that's just... Uh, Of grass. (laughs) Everybody needs a... whatever you want. Everybody needs a cow, right? <laughs> yeah, but the, the the point is that uh, that we have we're, we're not lacking on land. No. We're not lacking no. for for any of this. Uh, what what we lack is um, what we lack is participation. Participate. Everybody thinks, well, if 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 those people would just do that, and if that guy would just do that, and if that agency would just do that, blah blah blah, we'd all be no 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 no. It, it comes down to you got to come down off the bleachers and you got to get in the game. There you the go. game isn't going to happen. The game isn't going to change until you come down and play and participate. And, and, uh, and that's where, that's where we got to go. Absolutely. Joel, I know we got to uh, wrap this up and let you get on with your day. Um, just a couple things real quick. Um, Lauren, jump in. Um, I have totally dominated this whole conversation. Sorry about that. But um, if you have anything um, you want to bring up, go ahead. 
I do actually, Joel. I had a question about um, about eggs. So for supplemental feed, I mean, chickens can't just survive just eating outside without giving them something, right? If you're raising, I right. don't know, like 15 or 20. Right, so right, what that's are right. You, what do you recommend for supplemental feed? Well, first of all, you need to give them all your kitchen scraps. They, they actually uh, do a lot on kitchen scraps. Another thing that you can do that's really, really beneficial is put them on deep bedding. So if you, if you have a very small area, uh, small backyard, or even if you're in an urban lot, um, some, sometimes you know, people get all fixated on this. They've got to be out on grass, got to be out on grass. Actually, a, a deep bedding situation where you basically put them on a compost pile that grows its own worms and roly-polies and things like that, uh, the chi- mm. it, it, it will grow a tremendous amount of the chicken's food Wow! Just having them on a a carbon, we call it a carbonaceous diaper, a, a deep carbon base that is that is actually just decomposing. Uh, but then beyond that, certainly, you know, some a, a good uh, non genetically modified, a GMO free um, feed ration is fine. And um, and, and you know, and, and if and if you can't do that, uh, just it's better. It's better to, to just, you know, uh, get feed from anywhere to supplement them and have your own eggs on a, on a nice, clean yeah. <laughs> uh, a compost pile than it is to be dependent on the ones in the store. And, and if you have teenagers, there's not a better role model for teenagers than chickens because chickens get up early in the morning they're always happy they they work hard all day and as soon as the sun starts to go down they go to bed there you what go. a better role model for teenagers there you go i That's love it amazing love it yeah i was really disappointed to find out that some companies like vital farms are feeding marigold and paprika to the hens to get that deep orange color yeah. So now I feel like I'm being tricked left and right. I don't know if I have to get my egg from the store, which one to really go for at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, in in the perfect world, you either raise them yourself, or you don't, or you get them from somebody that that, that they're not in the store. Um, mm-hmm. b- because generally, people who have their eggs in a store, uh, to because the margins are so small. And the volumes are so big. Uh, generally, you know, people that I would endorse can't. The, the, the supermarket is not a fit for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you might you might find them in a, in a little boutique. We, we actually have our eggs in a couple of boutique stores, uh, you know, okay. smaller food stores. Uh, but but they're hard to find. You know, uh, we've we've tried to get into Kroger's forever. Can't can't get a foot in the door. Uh, same thing, Walmart, Costco. I mean, you, you just you're just not going to find them there. But 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 in a, a smaller, a smaller neighborhood, maybe a you know, uh, not a chain kind of thing. Uh, you might find them. But they're they're at farmers market. Uh, uh, look in your community, um, and, and you'll find people that have eggs. Maybe a neighbor has some backyard chickens. Sleuth around, put some effort in it, and you'll generally find an alternative source of eggs. And a lot of those people are looking for one more customer, one more patron mm-hmm. that can make them, you know, more viable in their in their little operation. Definitely. I have one more question about eggs. If the eggs that you're, you know, from the hens that you have are brittle, like not 
I don't know, like the eggshells seem a little, um, I guess brittle is the only way to really put it. Is, is there something that they're missing in their feed? You mean the, the shells have ridges? Not ridges, just seem much thinner than the store-bought eggs. Oh, uh, a, good, a, good egg, a good egg should have a shell that's way, way thicker than the store. Uh, our eggs, okay. you almost have to hit them with a baseball bat to break them. <laughs> uh, oh. So, so a, a good, a, a, a thin, a thin shell, a thin shell is indicative of a nutrient deficient chicken. How can you find out what that nutrient is and move on from there? Yeah, well, it can it can be calcium. Uh, okay. it, I mean that that's the most that's the most common in an eggshell. Uh, yeah, but, that's what I thought. <laughs> But, it, it, you know, it can also be, you also have to understand that a lot of commercial eggs are from chickens that are bred to to lay more than a chicken ought to. Other, again, we're talking about paradigms yeah. exceeding the point of efficiency. Yeah. And so, you know, the, 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 they, they keep selecting, well, will you, uh, th- this chicken will produce one more egg than that one, one more egg than that one, one more egg than that one. And so the old dual purpose, you know, Rhode Island Red, Barred Rocks, things that we always see on American homesteads, you know, they, they, they normally will lay, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 and, uh, 210, 220 eggs a year. Um, and these, these, uh, but most of the, the end of the commercial, uh, birds are now, uh, hybridized, um, and selected to where they'll lay up there close to you know 320. Wow! And, and and what happens is that that just becomes extremely extractive of the birds. Yeah. Actually, bird skeletal uh, you know pool pool of energy within the bird, Definitely. and so they just gradually become more and more and more depleted simply because they're you know you just I mean it, it would be it would be equivalent to a to a 180 pound person losing 20 pounds a day imagine what your metabolism would have to be yeah if you were if you were losing yeah. 20 pounds a day just how much you would have to eat uh, metabolize to get all that back yeah. wow all right hey i hadn't thought of that joel before we wrap this up a couple things one i want to make sure people know like how to take advantage of all the resources you have you've got the the blog is fantastic um are you still doing your podcast? Yes, I thought yes, so. Beyond yeah. labels, yeah, that's a yeah. Beyond labels, excellent. So look for that. The blog, the podcast. Stop in at the farm. That's still okay, right? You said earlier you like it when the drivers yes. stop in. Yes, we have a we have a twenty four seven three sixty five open door policy. Fantastic. Love that. So encourage everybody, take advantage of those resources. Lots of great stuff. A um, couple things I didn't really get to spend a lot of time on and wondering if uh, at some point we can get you back. I, I would love to talk more about the parallel economy and that that's such a great concept. The other thing, um, I, I'd love to hear more about your trip to Africa. <laughs> okay. I, I just right. the, the the what I read about just fascinating some of um, some of what you experienced over there and and some of your observations and what's going on. Right, right, yeah. Well, it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing place. Um, you know, so I was I was in South Africa uh, throughout South Africa, and uh, and of course that was the you know that that was the most 
whatever developed country in Africa um, from a, you know from an infrastructure standpoint, you know electricity, right. railroads, uh, plumbing, and, and and things like that. And um, boy, uh, now uh, it is just it is collapsing so fast. Uh, even w- just since I was there two months ago or three months ago, it's gone from when I was there they were doing rolling six hour blackouts a day with because they didn't have enough electricity. They've already in three months they've already moved that to, to ten hours a day, and so the, the country's literally imploding uh, on itself. Uh, it's it's quite it's quite. It's heartbreaking and, and astounding, actually. You know what, what really interested me? Um, clearly not to the same extreme, but aren't we seeing a lot of the same parallels that, that you looked at and said, you know, here's what's going on with things like uh, theft being really mm-hmm. rampant and yeah. power outages and the grid going. Aren't we experiencing a lot of that same kind of stuff here? Yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a breakdown. I mean, it's an anarchical breakdown in society. And, you know, people take a kind of cavalier approach, I think, when you say the rule of law. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's all right. Uh, well, let me tell you, when you get to a place where there, where there is no rule of law, and it's all uh, bribery, extortion, corruption, uh, and, and, and uh, nepotism, you know, uh, hiring your cousin or your sibling or whatever uh, for all these uh, uh, positions, uh, society just, civilization just begins to crumble because civilization only works when when there's trust uh, and when there's social, when there's there's moral social fabric. And when that's gone, it just becomes the law of the jungle. And, uh, And when the rule of law becomes the law of the jungle, it's uh, it's it's not it's not a fun place to be. You know, when I when I was reading what you were writing about, something as simple as you can't run a farm if people keep stealing your animals. It, and I never right. it never thought about that. That you know, we yeah. we in my lifetime up until recently, we've never had to worry about things like that. You knew. Because of the rule right. of law, you could go create things, and somebody couldn't just steal them from you. That's right. That's right. But that is that is definitely eroding. And uh, if you want to see, if you want to see how far it can erode, yeah, that, just get to South Africa. Yeah. Well, that was the scary part. You even talked about you know people that were able to hiring private security. Well, doesn't that sound like our politicians yeah. and celebrities these days? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, every every, every farm uh, I visited had you know had a security detail, and wow. um, and it just I mean, think about the the cost that that adds to yeah. things and the the um, well in in mechanics we would call it carbon on the valves. You know, it just yeah, makes right. a sticky engine. Yeah, and 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 that that's what happens. It just makes a it just makes a, a sticky engine for everything. Everything starts to grind to a halt. And uh, and you can't you can't no. get anything done. So that, now there's no investment uh, because there's no protection. And yeah, it just it just starts to crumble. So what? And I, again, if we can get you back at some point, I know you're busy, but uh, I'd love to talk about sure. the more positive side of that because you also saw some pretty cool innovation, right? Yes, yes, very much so because that kind of collapse 
creates innovation. Like uh, uh, one guy I stayed with had just finished building a gasification uh, chamber, um, a little gasification unit. You know, it's the size of a oh, size of a of a wheelbarrow, um, two cylinders, and uh, runs on wood. And he's running uh, generators, you know, electric generators. So when the blackout comes, he fires up his uh, gasification unit, and boom, he's back up, you know. And so it's a way to run uh, um, internal combustion engines uh, without, uh, you know, on, on a resource that they have plenty of. Yeah. Uh, have plenty of wood, bush, and things like that. And, um, and, you, and you can have power whenever you want it, not just when the sun shines or the wind blows. And so he was doing this as an option opposed to, you know, solar panels. You don't have, you don't have to have batteries. You can have real time, uh, real time generation wherever you want to with a resource that's out your back door. And uh, so those kinds of innovations are are coming along, and that's what that's what crisis you know develops. Yeah. Yeah, great, great stuff. I'd love to, to spend more time on that. I, I keep saying I'm going to let you go, and I keep having another thought. Just real quick, uh, 30 <laughs> seconds or a minute on what's going on over in the Netherlands with the farmers. Uh, yeah, boy, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, so the Netherlands, if you'll recall, was, was, a, was kind of a pirate state back in the 1500s. And they extended, they were, of course, the Dutch were a major naval power, Dutch East Indies, Dutch West Indies. Uh, they controlled a lot, of the, a lot of the world at that time. And today they are still tapping onto those 400-year-old relationships, those colonial relationships. And, and so all those relationships uh, feed into the Netherlands, and the Netherlands is... Uh, producing way more food has way more animals um than than its size would indicate because they ship in so much feedstock material from uruguay and paraguay and and their old colonial places because these old relationships and so what's happened is they have overrun the country with with uh with animal waste and um and of course you know they're you can't go anywhere in a country and not smell manure, and so I, I you know, I I, I appreciate um, libertarianism and, and and all that, but I, I have a heart too for the environmental degradation that this over uh, overproduction. I mean, one of the times when I was, I've been there numerous times, and one of the times when I was there, every time you know you learn something, and what they were they they were shipping in. Uh, whatever corn or something from Paraguay, and putting dehydrated manure back in the ship and sending it back to Paraguay for fertilizer. <laughs> well, how sustainable is a, is a food system? Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. And, and, and so, what's happening is that all of that, and, and there, there is no pastured livestock in the Netherlands. I mean, I say no. There might be you know one right. percent. Yeah. It, 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 everything is in confinement houses. Everything's generating all this manure on concrete pads, and it's and it's simply an over. It, it, it's too much. It's too much, hey. and uh, and so there there is pushback from the government and from you know people saying, look, you know, we don't want to turn this country into a toilet bowl, and and 
so I, I'm I'm really torn, you know, because I, I I appreciate well I've got a farm and I don't want the government telling me what to do, but at the same time, I mean, I I met dairy farmers, for example, that had a hundred cow dairies on a ten acre farm. Whoa! Well, there's no way in God's oh. green earth that oh, ten man. acres <laughs> can, can metabolize the manure from a hundred cows. Wow! And but but that but that's what's happened. Same thing with pigs, chickens, all sorts of things. I, and so. It's a, they've got themselves into a real conundrum there, and um, and so you know I've kind of I've kind of stayed out of that fray because I have friends that are farmers, uh, I have have friends that are uh, you know on the environmental side of it, and I I absolutely you know appreciate the the tension, but again, it, it's a it's a problem without a cookie cutter solution you know it's a it's a real problem yeah and that's why i wanted to get your take on it because i i was kind of thinking the same thing it it i i can't really find well i guess what i can't i can't find the right side of this argument it, it you know like you said yeah. I, I don't want the yeah. government telling farmers what to do but the system has gotten so far out of whack something has to be done yeah, yeah that's exactly right that's yeah. exactly right to shame that it's gotten to that point yes yes that's exactly right all right well joel i i i am gonna let you get on with your day today i can't thank you enough it's been uh, a great conversation as always and uh when you've got some time we'd love to get you back all right well you just holler and it's been a delight and a pleasure to be with you and uh all the best to all your all your trucker trucker listeners there you uh, go Keep, keep, and, uh, keep, keep rolling, and and we'll uh, we'll work to try to, uh, to try to get your way this spring. I think that's great. I look forward to having you. Fantastic. All right, Joel. Thanks again, Lauren. Wasn't that awesome? Yes, of course. <laughs> he's, he, he's he's just so uh, many... yeah. He's got such a great perspective on so many things. Yeah, you know, I didn't come across that Hillsdale College. Um, Let me see. You know, talk are, that he did. So, are you on his blog? I was actually able to find it on their website, and the whole video is on his website. So, for you know, if someone's driving and they can't read it, they can go to Hillsdale College. It's freedomlibrary.hillsdale.edu, and they can find it there. Got it. Okay, let me. I'm going to go back to his yeah. blog. Um. Yeah, his blog is the, the lunatic farmer. From the lunatic farmer. Yeah, yep. so let me see if I can find. Um. Oh, uh, if you're on that page, if you're on the page, the lunaticfarmer.com slash blog. Um, the first article there is 2023 predictions. Um, scroll down and you'll see parallel economies dash agriculture. Do you see that one? I do. That's it. Parallel economy. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. That's how you find that one. Yeah, so, you know, Hillsdale College always comes up in terms of, um, I guess they do like this little newsletter. I don't know how often they do it, 
but they're always around. I, I, I always run into them or someone tells me about them. And yeah, I'm they're uh, here that I, they have. You probably hear of them in your circles because, unlike most universities, they're very conservative. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, <laughs> very, very conservative college, not a liberal arts college at all. It's a very, you know, for a university, very conservative. Um, his, his whole so. I, we didn't have time to get into this because it could have taken the whole show, but he he kind of lays out how our food system could work in, in a parallel economy. Mm. What, what would be the perfect food system in his opinion? Um, and I don't think there are many people on the planet that has, you know, a, a more educated opinion on this topic than he does. It's been his whole life, but it, it was really interesting to see what if we had a food system like this. Yeah, interest. I definitely am looking forward to reading it and maybe even listening to his uh, speech. Yeah, yeah, really, uh, really good stuff. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today, or should we uh, should we get to some calls? Yeah, if we have calls, let's... Uh, yeah, we're going to get to some calls. You know, I, I've been saying since that damn vaccine came out that I'm going to sit down and do a whole show on the vaccine, and I keep putting it off because things just keep changing. The, the, there are so many new reports and new statistics out of, about this vaccine that it's insane to me that it hasn't been pulled from the market. It really just needs to be pulled from the market. We need to start over. It is horrendous the number of people who have been injured by this. I, I'm overwhelmed. People are starting to reach out to me now on Twitter over this. I, I've spent way more time on Twitter than I had ever planned on spending, and it's on this one topic alone, just the vaccine injuries. It's shocking how many people claim to be injured from this vaccine. And the, the new statistic now that is just all over the place, you can't ignore this, the more vaccine shots you have, I can't even keep track anymore. I saw some liberal host on who had Joe Scarborough or somebody. Listen to this. He's, he, he got sick. He just got COVID recently. And he said, I can't believe I skipped my fourth booster. Now, does that mean he had two COVID shots and three boosters and he was going to go get another one? And he's he's almost making yeah, it sound like because sure. he didn't get the booster, he got COVID. How many of these damn shots do you need? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And now it turns out. The pack COVID is turns out to me. <laughs> that after the fourth shot, so I'm thinking two, you know, initial vaccines and two boosters, absolute proof now changes your immune system, not in a good way. And you are much, much more likely to continue getting COVID if you've had those additional shots. The more shots you get, the more likely you are to get COVID now. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's just a disservice that we don't have access to these studies because you try to Google them and, and you get all these fact checker things. Oh, it's awful. Up. You can't even get it's the awful. right information. Well, why, are, why aren't we even talking about the, the, the vaccine you're getting right now? They call the bivalent. 
it has the original virus in it. That doesn't even exist anymore, does it? That, that, I don't think there are any cases, none. I don't think it does, no. Why, why are we giving a vaccine that has those original, the original virus in there? Because they made too many of them, oh, yeah. and they need to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Well, now um, they're raising the cost of them, too, on top of it all. Oh, yeah, exactly. So... Uh, so one of these days, I might just record a show on vaccines. It's like it's never ending, though. You know, they're, they're sh- if if we're not going to stop this damn vaccine with all the um, evidence that's out there right now, I don't think we ever will. I mean, there, there, there is zero logic being used. You know, the other story that's a little weird. Um, we've been following this sudden death thing for well over a year now. We've been collecting stories, talking about this. Um, The football player the other day that collapsed on the field brought it to the forefront. A lot of people saw that, that didn't know any of this stuff was going on. You know what's bizarre? I, 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 I follow a couple people on Twitter that have tried to stay on top of this. Nobody's really sure if that guy's alive or not. Really? We keep getting reports, and supposedly he went and visited the team the other day, but people pulled all, every minute, every second of video, you never see his face. Wow. He hasn't, as far as we can tell, nobody has seen a picture or a video of him since. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they and the other thing they what said about? was what you know you could see the video of him walking around. He had a hoodie up, and he was always looking down. Mm-hmm. Some people even took other pictures of him and compared it, and it looked like the the body proportions were significantly different. The little bit of skin color you could see under the hoodie looked like it was much darker. So there's this speculation, and they said, "Hey, wait a minute." Uh, all the other reports have have said that he's still on oxygen. Where was his tank? He's walking around in all these videos, no oxygen, and nobody gets to see his face. Wow. You know, maybe there's That's nothing insane. to this, but because they've hidden so yeah. much and lied about so much, now we're we're just... <sighs> we just feel like everything now is a lie. Well, that's the problem is we don't know where to turn to for information. Right. We just, we have nowhere to go. Right. I mean, if it it, it makes you question everything you hear, why wouldn't the guy do a press uh, briefing? Hey, here I am. I'm okay. I'm feeling better. I'm recovering. No, nobody's heard from him. But then they make up the story. Oh no, he was with the team. Look, and you watch that video, and I'm like, what a bizarre video. You never see the guy. Wow. I know. Yeah, I don't know. I, know. I really don't. But I have a question. Yeah. Since DuckDuckGo was bought out and now compromised, what do you use in place of DuckDuckGo? I'm, I'm still using DuckDuckGo, and I'm looking around. Okay. Yeah, I haven't found and anything then, yet. Um, and I mean, it still works. Yeah, it it may be compromised, but it still works. I can see it. It blocks all the trackers and um, it doesn't maintain a history. And now what might be going on in the background, I don't know. But it, it as far as I can tell right now, it's still the best browser as far as that goes. 
All right. And then you've been following this vaccine injury thing really closely. What are you finding in regards to cancer rates skyrocketing oh. and people getting stage four cancer out of nowhere? I'm, I, I'm baffled by the amount of people that I personally know Yes, that are out of nowhere getting stage four cancer and they've never had it, not, doesn't even run in their family. And then all of a sudden... They have stage four cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of it. And there's another group that has had cancer before, put it into remission, and it explodes out of nowhere, yeah. and they're dead in a couple weeks sometimes. I, yeah, there is something very, yeah, very strange going on with cancers right now. And, you know, this... There was a time, and there are still a lot of doctors who believe this way, that, that cancer is cancer. It, it, our immune system doesn't have anything to do with it. It's usually caused by some sort of toxin. or, it, But that's not true. Cancer is a metabolic disease, just like heart disease. And our metabolism is so far out of whack that our cells get screwy and start reproducing when they shouldn't. And then there are cancers that feed on sugars and our diet's so heavy in sugar. Um, this is a metabolic disease. And it's our immune system that keeps it in check. Every single day, our immune system is cleaning up um, dead and compromised cells. And, and that's what keeps us from getting cancer. But our immune systems are becoming so weak and so out of balance. And this vaccine has a huge impact on our immune system. That's why after the more shots you get, the less able you are to fight off the disease you're trying to avoid. I mean, that's how crazy this is. And we're now seeing that the immune system yeah. becomes so weak and so out of whack that cancers are exploding. Yeah, I know. The, 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 the statistic <laughs> so that, you know, keeps being reported, and I watch it every week, um, and I'm watching it around the world. The only place I can't watch this statistic is the United States because we don't, our reporting sucks. But if you look around the rest of the world, there's something called excess deaths. So we can look historically every year in this country, this many people die of all causes, old age, car crashes, overdoses, sickness, whatever. This many people die. That number historically is very, very stable. It doesn't change much, a, a percent here and there until 2021. Then the number goes insane all over the world. And we're still reporting. I just, I just read some more reports this morning about last week's numbers. There are some countries that are so up to date on this, you can get the information within a couple weeks. And there are a lot of people dying and no explanation as to why. And it's it, when, you, when you really put all the data in front of you and you look all over the world, you can correlate it. Correlation isn't causation. We know that. But you can correlate it to the more a country was vaccinated, the more unexplained deaths they have. You look at country, we were just talking about South Africa, very, very low vaccination rate. They don't have excess deaths right now. Their, their number did the opposite. Their number trended down a little bit. Not a lot, 
It's a, it's a typical year. It wasn't way out of whack, but it's actually down. When countries that were heavily vaccinated, the number is way up. I mean, it, it, it's, it's mind-boggling how much it's up. Wow. Well, I mean, if you just Google died suddenly, oh yeah, they haven't been able to, to, to completely censor it. And there are so many things within hours, within a day or two yeah. of people dying suddenly. If you just did that every so often, you would have a very long list. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, it, it's insane. I don't know how much longer they can keep hiding it, but they're trying. Um, we're going to get some phone calls because they're starting to pile up on us. Raymond, you've been very patient. Welcome. Good morning. What's on your mind today? Hello. Uh, have you heard what Bill Gates is doing? Uh, yeah, Bill Gates is always doing some kind of screwy something. Um, one of the things he's doing that fits in with our conversation today, he's buying up an awful lot of farmland. He, well, I saw him the other day on the web there. He was in Scotland, of all places. He he has changed his mind about livestock now because he wants that goddamn MNRA vaccine used on them. You know, I, I, I've seen these. And that, that's what, here's what they said. It amazed the shit out of me. They said, we got we got to test this on these animals now to make sure there's no molecular changes in their bodies <laughs> or any of that. They use goddamn humans that are guinea pigs. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. No, that's fine. You, you're allowed to do that here. I This this whole mRNA thing needs to go away. They're now formulating flu shots with this technology. This whole technology needs to be halted. Exactly. Oh, go ahead and test it on animals. If you want to first, yes. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. Well, and every a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people volunteered. Sure, stick it in this arm. Hey, I got two arms. Stick one over here too. Well, my, my lady did. She got paid four hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. She got I, paid four hundred dollars. Unbelievable. My lady friend. Here's a story on that, brother. We came back from Scotland and caught it from Scotland. She had the exact same symptoms I did. Yeah. yeah. When she was fully vaccinated. <laughs> right. And she, now, now there's all this risk. And I, I really, really feel bad for people who took it for whatever reason. They, they thought it was going to help. They believed the lies, and, and we were absolutely lied to about this. They had to to keep a job or a career or something. It, it's awful. I feel bad when I talk about this. I, I don't want to keep reminding people that we don't know what that shot might do two years from now or five years from now either. My, my sweet little daughter, she is married to an Army chaplain. So guess what they did? You know, he had he had to he had to pretty much do that to stay in the military. Come right. on, it's his career. I know. It's, she it's went ahead and did it. Awful. She wouldn't hurt a fly. She's so sweet. She wouldn't do nothing to nobody. But she took that shit now. Yeah. So. Yeah, and 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 I don't want to make people feel bad that they did or worry about it. But I'm not going to shut up about I this because they still want more of us to keep taking this crap. 
Yeah. Yeah, old Gates now. He, he smells money in the animal industry now, buddy. And he, so, he's all after now. Watch you it. Know, get it on it, the internet. There, watch what, what I watch. Yeah, here, here's what I don't yeah. get about, you know, Bill Gates specifically, but like a lot of these people. Bill Gates made, you know, a, an awful lot of money. And I I was right there for that whole story. I was buying, you know, Microsoft DOS when he dropped out of college. I mean, I've watched this whole thing. He got to a point in his life where he said, look, I have more money than I could ever spend. And then he started his charitable foundation. And I thought, awesome. You know, he's going to take all that money and do something good with it. Well, if that's really the case, is he buying this farmland because he wants more money? That doesn't make any sense. He's been trying to give it all away for years. There's some other agenda here. It's not about money. It can't be. He, he, he doesn't need more money. And if he, he, if he wanted it, he could make it. He's pretty damn good at that. We know that. So whatever his agenda is with this, it's not about money. Right. Well, he, he is one of the ones that wants the world population reduced, right? Uh, you know, that was... And he's one of those people... You just reminded me of something. I that when I was talking with Joel, every time you know he would start talking, I'd have ten more ideas, and I was trying to write them down. I wanted. I'm going to send him an email. Um, I want to know whether he, whether Joel has read the book, um, "The End of the World Is Just the Beginning" or not. Because because in that book they talk about the biggest problem we're facing is depopulation. Where we don't have enough people on the planet to sustain our current lifestyle and that's why everything is going to change yet we have this other group that says our whole problem on the planet is there are too many people mm-hmm. you know uh, that, that's what they talk about too with abortion see we've killed off the generation that's supposed to be paying social security now take care of ours yeah well yeah but so we don't well, have nobody to buy that's because Social Security is a Ponzi scheme, and we have to keep bringing in more money. <laughs> You're right. No, it, it is. Oh, That's geez. how it works. It's a Ponzi yeah. scheme. The only way Social Security no, can continue is you have to keep bringing in more money. That's exactly how Ponzi schemes work. Kevin, I, I have got to meet this Joel Salison guy. I've got to. My heart is in agriculture. I may have told you that before. Oh yeah. I want to do this in Central Florida. I want to. I want to. I want to have a farm raising real cattle with a real little slaughterhouse there with twenty-two people employed. There you go. And that's what I want to do. That's my dream now. So I've got to get started here. They hey, told me in hey, church Sunday that I need to get started now. Hey Raymond. Raymond. You know, something I, I, I have actually considered doing, and, and I would love it. I would just have to put so many other things on hold. Um, Joel has a one-year internship on his farm. I don't even wow. think it's a whole year. I think wow. it's a season. I think it's a farming season. Yeah, you can go and, and actually work there and do an internship on the farm and learn all that stuff. Uh, Kevin, I, I know all about pigs and chickens and cattle already. I grew up with them. I know how to raise them. I know what to do. And, oh, large you know, eggs. Oyster shells, what mom used to feed the chickens to make her eggs grow, make her eggs, make their shells thicker. Yep. There it's you oyster go. Oyster shells. Yeah. 
There, there you, you go. go. Right. Well, I can answer that. I, I, I screamed that while ago when you all were talking, but I think you couldn't hear me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he has just, you know, I, I, I haven't been to the farm. I really want to get there. And I, but I've read about all of his procedures. Like he talks about chickens. I mean, I've never heard that from anybody else. You actually raise your chickens on a compost bed. I've never heard anybody else talk about that. I never heard of that either, man. That's very interesting right there. Yes, all those all organisms grow right under them, yeah. And then I guess what they oh, do, yeah. I, I, I may get some of the details wrong on this, because like I said, I, I've only read about it. But I think in the spring, those chickens have been on that compost, and it keeps getting packed down. And then in the spring, I think they bring the pigs in there, and they let the pigs start rooting yeah. around in there. And I, I mean, it... it it, it, when you when you hear and read about how and what he does and how the the animals do all the work, you know, it, it, he and he says, I'm nothing yeah. but a grass farmer. He says, that's all I do. I grow grass. The animals do everything else. Yes, I, I, you know, my Mexican neighbors in Florida have wild, pretty much wild chickens. They're out there scratching every day in there that sand and dirt, meet them bugs up. And they, I, I, I never see them feed them anything. They may, they may feed them some little bit of feed or something, but I don't know if they no. do or not. You know, I, I do but believe here, here, that here, it, it. Well, we do have to remember at one point chickens were wild birds. I mean, and there are still breeds of chicken that are basically just wild birds running around. When I was in Costa Rica, there were chickens everywhere, and and nobody's feeding Hawaii, them. Hawaii. Oahu is the same way, buddy. We was at Target, and those chickens came right through the parking lot. Yeah, right. They're just everywhere. <laughs> I mean, Nobody's Oahu feeding Hawaii. them. Right. And <laughs> hey, let me tell you this one story, and I'll shut up here. Okay, I had a I had a sale bag of cornmeal in Florida. I had been there for like eight or nine months, and I thought, well, I'll dump it out. That cornmeal, the damn chickens wouldn't eat it. <laughs> that's a bad sign yeah they will i mean yeah. what's in that cornmeal come that's, on that's a bad sign <laughs> i thought so yeah all right all right raymond well, have a good, good day Kim. you too you too good stuff we got to move along calls are piling up let's go to idaho mark welcome Hey, thanks for taking my call. So I wanted to uh, ask a question and also make a comment. So the yogurt that we're making from you, did I ruin that by putting it in, in the freezer? I mean, did I knock out the good enzymes and the, uh, you know, any of the good bacteria? Because when I pull it out of the freezer, it's, uh, you know, it's got real, real tiny, small clumps in it. It's kind of chalky yeah. tasting. Yeah, you, you haven't ruined the bacteria. You've just ruined the experience of the yogurt. The bacteria is all still there. We okay. can we Which, can freeze back. In fact, we do freeze our starter culture. So when I pull some whey out and you know set it aside to start a new batch, I freeze that. So I, I keep all my starter cultures frozen. But you can't freeze the finished product of the yogurt. The bacteria is still there. It's just not very pleasant to eat anymore. It kind of breaks apart and separates. Yeah. So and, it's not. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not going to go to waste, though, is the good news. Um, good. Where do you store yours, then, in the meantime, when you when you make a bunch of batches? what do you Where are you storing it at? Well, I got to the point I mean, the where... Fridge, obviously. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I could... A, a batch would last at least 30 days without growing any kind of mold or getting any really funky flavors. So I just started making batches, like, 21 days worth. Okay. Good to know. So my comment was I went down uh, New Year's Day to the uh, Polar Plunge Lake Coeur d'Alene and jumped in, and uh, it wasn't nearly as bad as what I thought it was. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go get back in while everybody's running out. So I went and got back in, and then after that, I'm like, this is the perfect time to try to you know, start doing some Wim Hof, even though I haven't listened to his audio book yet. I thought, well, I'm going to start taking cold showers. So I started taking cold showers uh, morning and night. I'm, I'm a uh, regional guy. So I'm home every night, but, uh, okay. I'll tell you, I got up this morning. At, I got up this morning at 1 AM and when you get up at one, three, 4 AM in the morning, it's a, uh, it's a bitch to, uh, get in a ice cold shower. <laughs> yes, it, it's not it easy, is. but, but it yes, does feel it good. Is. It's re it's rewarding. Oh man. Yeah. No, it, 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 you know, I used to say this all the time about getting up and early in the morning and going to work out or whatever. I hated doing it, but I loved it afterwards. The showers are the same way. I mean, I, I still, I mean, even when I get used to it, on one hand, I'm kind of looking forward to it and I'm dreading it at the same time. And yet when I'm done, I just, <laughs> me I too. just love the way it makes me feel. Me too. Yeah. So you never really get, I'm, I'm about one month in, I guess, what, 26 days in or 25 days in. So you never really get to where you're just completely used to it. I, I mean, you just never do. I mean, even you're not used to it. Right. You just, you, like I said, half of me is kind of looking forward to it because I know it feels good, but there's still a part of me that goes, yeah, but you know what? It, it hurts. It, it's not completely pleasant. It, it's a weird mix of, on one hand, it does feel good, but on another hand, it's miserable. And and like you said, if you get up in the morning and you're tired and it's cold, the last thing I want to think about is cold water. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a mental game, but it goes back to that book that you referred to us, uh, The Art of War, or yeah, The War of Art. The War of Art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, beating, beating that mental, that mental game and beating that resistance. And, uh, I just re-listened to that the second time just last week. That's a great book. I'm glad that you referred that, but, uh, it is that it's the resistance that we have. And, and it's kind of a, I feel like I've kind of conquered something by taking that cold shower, you know, like yeah. this morning at one fifteen AM. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of felt like I'd already kind of conquered something for the day. Yeah. You know, we've talked uh, about like, what's the ideal time and I think that a lot of the research shows that you, you get the maximum benefit from that cold exposure in the first four minutes, I think. It's three or four minutes. It's not much. Okay. Um, that's where you're getting the maximum health benefit. If you stay in longer than that, the, the benefit starts to diminish. You're not really getting more. Although Wim Hof talks about it as a... Um, kind of a mental process. He stays in the cold water longer, not because it, it increases the health benefit, but it's like his mental challenge. Like that, that's where you're going yeah. to become mentally stronger by doing this. It, and he talks about he, so that what's your after the fourth minute, it's like the, the whole point of it now is to learn how to get comfortable being uncomfortable. 
Yeah, I love it. I love that. So real quick, I know you got a bunch of calls, but real quick, what's your process with the shower then? Because I, I get in, I don't start it at warm at all. I mean, I start it at three quarters cold and then at the very end, I'll crank it all the way to cold, which there is a difference, but I'm, I'm adding hardly any hot water. I mean, it's very uncomfortable right from the start. So <laughs> oh, you're, is that the way you're, you're how, how, no, how are you, I, how are you doing yours? So the easiest, I'll tell you the, the, the easiest way I do it is if I do it at the end of everything else. So if I do the infrared sauna and the Wim Hof breathing, get right out of that. And I sweat so much when I do that, that I just jump in the shower real quick, a warm shower, rinse off the sweat, throw some clothes back on and do my resistance training, which also raises my core temperature. Then I get in a hot shower and I raise my core temperature as much as I can. And then I can handle the cold a whole lot better. But I also found that if I do um, one round of Wim Hof breathing takes me about four minutes is what one round takes. So when it's ready for me, when I'm done with my hot shower, then it goes straight from hot to pure cold, and I just do one round of breathing, and then I get out. And and, and I I just don't notice the cold much when I do it like that. Oh, really? Okay. And you'll do it as cold as you possibly can, and then you actually get out with cold skin? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I don't re- okay. I don't okay. rewarm. I know some people say they like to rewarm. I I I don't like to do that. I want to I want to be cold and shivering when I get out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, it's it's a mental game, but I'll tell you what, it's so rewarding. I, I encourage people to do it. So I'll, I'll have to call back if I've got other questions after I actually open up the Wim Hof Audible. You've actually got me so stacked with Audible books that, <laughs> I mean, I'm just out of time, you know, and, yeah. I, and, I, tr- and I try and listen to Dave Ramsey. I, I listen to Dave Ramsey at 11 a.m., so I'll listen to you till 11 and then switch to Dave Ramsey till about two uh, from 11 to two. And so, I, I mean, my day is really full of just education. And then good. by then I'm kind of shot and I'm ready to I listen know. to music. I know that's good though. That's so. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a first time caller. I'll try and call back again sometime when I think of some other stuff and, and thanks a lot for what you've done for me. Great to have you here. I'll look forward to hearing back from you. Good stuff. Let's go to South Dakota. Jeff, welcome to the program. Oh, let me try that again. I got to hit the button correctly. Jeff, you, there you are. Are you there? Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Good. What's on hey, your mind today? Hey, I just wanted to good. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, Joe Salatin, I used I had a, a paradigm shift after I was introduced to Joe Salatin. Fortunately, it's never been in person, but hearing what he has to say and listen to his books because before that, you know, I just looked at GMO and organic. I'm still kind of skeptical about organic, especially you, when and you should be. Store. Yeah, you should but, be. You know, but um, after I heard what he was saying, you know, and locally growing, I'm like, well, what's the difference where it's growing at? <laughs> yeah, right. But after him hearing explain it and coming from somebody that the world's not going to end in 12 days, you know, somebody that has common sense. It really changed the way I, I was thinking, you know, I think, yeah. you know, yep. about the whole thing. And then I want to let you know that December of 2021, when you're still on that other network, <laughs> I never listened to anymore. Uh, you were talking about, you just got to say you got to kick it to ass. Well, I was drinking a whole lot of Pepsi. 
And I said, I'm going to kick Pepsi's ass. There you go. And from that day, I have not had another. I have not had another Pepsi. Awesome. So, so I just I just wanted to let you know that you do have an influence on some of us. Good. I'm pretty thick-headed, so <laughs> you should feel that you did a good job. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and so, but, but yeah. And I got a question for you though. On you know, I've been and then I got I got something for Lauren too. But I've been reading uh, toxic. Well, I've been listening to it on Audible. Toxic superfoods. Yeah, I'm just curious what the difference in the lectins might be on something that's growing in real organic soil. You know, the soil's been built back compared to the ones that are raised on the chemical fertilizers. You I know, wonder if I, that would make any difference. I, if, I, if, I haven't. If that would make any difference in it. I haven't seen any research. I really haven't looked for any. Maybe I will go look for some. I have a thought on it. And it might surprise you what the thought is. Um, I almost think Uh the lectins and the phytates and the oxalates and the anti-nutrients could be worse in in well-raised plants. Well, let's think about it for a second. And I'm just trying to put some logic to this. They're healthier. Correct. That is their, remember, that's the plant's immune system. That's a the, the right. plant wants those chemicals because that's what protects it from being eaten. So I would start to think that the healthier a plant is, just like us, when we get stronger and healthier, our immune system gets stronger and more balanced. Well, if that's the plant's immune system, right. the healthier we make the plant, the more of those things there might be. That's that's a good point. That's, it would be interesting to see some research yeah. done on that, though. Yeah, I but, yeah, look you know, and, but I think you know, yeah, yeah. I pretty much just eat carnivore now, but I'm thinking, you know, like your garden and stuff. You're eating, you're eating them in season, and you do some canning and fermenting, you know. So I don't, I don't see that, you know, eating those, you know, every so often, and this, you know, that's that is going to yeah, kill I, you, that it's going to give you a lot of problems. I, I don't plan you on know. stopping. I, I do eat more and more yeah. carnivore all the time. But all that really means is I'm shifting, you know, what's on my plate. I occasionally still eat white rice once or twice a week. I think it's good for our gut. Um, I eat uh-huh. even less rice when I have it now. Before it may have been... You know, a quarter of a cup or a third of a cup of rice with some good fatty meat. Now it might be like two tablespoons of rice. I mean, I just throw a little bit in. So I, I yeah. not I haven't just made a, a bit in there. Yeah, I yeah. haven't made a major change, but I've slowly been. When I look at my meals now, they are even more meat heavy than they used to be, and many of my meals are just carnivore now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. My my yeah, favorite. Kind of what I my I my my go to meal. If I, if I had to pick a a, a go to meal, it's like the other day I took some really nice fatty beef short ribs, uh, threw them in the pressure cooker, um, had this beautiful fall apart shredded really fatty beef. I didn't strain any of the fat out of it. Um, I just throw that in a bowl and I put something fermented on top of it kimchi, sauerkraut, pickles, whatever. Uh, so a good, you know, yeah. fatty piece of meat and a, and a fermented vegetable, that's kind of like my go-to meal now. Yeah, cool, cool, yeah. Yeah, I do, 
pretty much I do ground beef and four eggs just about every night. There you go. And then I, I just, I just started buying hamburger patties, and I'll fry them all up, and I'll put them in my refrigerator. And that way, when I'm driving, you know, I can, yeah, I can. It- Heat me something up real quick to or, eat, or, and I don't, you know. Then I'm not, I'm not tempted on the junk. Yeah, you I, know, I, I, I I'm get, surprised you know. at how much just cold meat I eat these days. Like I, I am in the, I pre-cook yeah. all kinds of protein. Like you know, I'll cook two racks of ribs, two whole chickens, and I'll make some scotch eggs. You know, all in one day, and then throw them in the refrigerator and, uh-huh. you know, I can eat a couple days on that. But it's not unusual if I'm in a hurry to just reach in and pull a couple bones off a rack of ribs and just eat them cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. What you said scotch eggs, is that different than boiled eggs or what? Yeah, so scotch eggs are just, it, it, it's kind of fun. So what I do is I, I you hard boil the eggs first and I do a pressure cooker. I have a, they basically call it the three-three-three method. So you put it, put a hard an egg in a pressure cooker for three minutes under pressure. You let the pressure release for three minutes as soon as the three-minute time is up, and then you throw them in ice water for three minutes. So pressure cooked for three minutes, oh, okay. steam release for three minutes, uh, ice water for three minutes. The yolks are perfectly, just slightly underdone, and the shells fall uh-huh. off the egg. Every time the shell just falls off the egg. So now I've got this slightly underdone hard-boiled egg. So I take hot Italian sausage. You can use ground beef. You can use part ground beef, part sausage. You can use mild sausage. I just like straight hot Italian sausage. And you take the hard-boiled egg and you wrap the sausage around it. You make like a giant meatball with the egg in the center. And then I okay. then I just put those on the smoker, and I smoke them. Oh. You can you can cook them in an okay. oven. Okay. Um, they really come out good on the yeah. smoker. And then I'll just throw those in the refrigerator. That uh-huh. is like a meal. I mean, you've got like a quarter pound of sausage yeah. on there and an egg, and it's just it's really good. Cool. cool. I'll have to try that. I'll have to try that. So, and anyway, Lauren, are you there? I'm here. Hey, uh, and thanks to Kevin's show, I work to I work for uh, Azure Standard now. I That's run awesome. Their, run their drops, run some of their drops. But um, I was just on your chickens. You, you should go in and look at on on the Azure site and see the, the different options that they have in there. They've got a lot of organic and non-GMO chicken feed, and I'm pretty sure they've got some oyster. Uh, shells, and then they've got grit. And if if they need some grit, or she got a lot of sand around there, so maybe they don't. You know, maybe that works for them. I don't know. And then also, but they've got one because I we deliver a lot of animal feed, a lot of pellets, and a lot of chicken chicken feed. And one of them, I haven't read the package because I'm busy unloading. But they've got pictures of like mealworms, learn how to speak here, and different bugs that are probably dried or something that are in the in the chicken feed. So you might got it. you might look you might look in that and uh, and see what they have to offer. I so. will definitely thank you for that 
for your interview. Yeah, because I and, and if you're I did if hear you do, Rochelle. Yeah, yeah, but you know, look at that. And but if I'm ever if you order from Azure, if I'm on your job, I do I do, I do buy eggs from customers if I can. So. Oh, that's a yeah. There's a nice perk of the job. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's a big part of my diet now. Excellent. But anyways, I'll let you get on to another caller. But I think that is about it. But but yeah, I've kicked Pepsi's butt. So there you go. That you know, I've been meaning to call in, but I'm usually this is the first time in a few weeks that I've been able to actually catch Destination Help. Live, so well, you picked a good day. Joel was on, you know. Oh, I know, and I wanted to hear him, and I forgot that he was going to be on. And I'm like, oh, that guy sounds familiar. Yeah, and then once he got, oh, that's Joel, yeah, yeah, good, good. So I was like, I was like two minutes late getting on or whatever, and you 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 were already talking or whatever. So, but anyway, so all right, right. well, enjoy the show. Good talking to you. Take care, you know. Uh, Lauren, I've, I've been talking about Twitter a lot lately, and this wasn't planned. I, I haven't been on Twitter ever up until just recently. Um, and I did it mostly mm-hmm. to support Elon Musk and free speech. And I was shocked at how many really cool people I have found on Twitter, mostly in the health space, but some drivers that I'm following. And um, I, I'm spending way more time on there than I had ever planned on. Um, and I, I, between that and projects that I'm back to working on, I haven't spent a whole lot of time on our sites. I, I need to get back to that. But the Twitter thing has been valuable, really has. I don't regret doing it and um, learning a lot, finding really good people to follow. But there's something on Twitter called parody accounts. And one of the things that mm-hmm. Elon Musk is changing, he doesn't want to get rid of parody accounts. He just wants to make sure people understand that that's what they are. And what's funny is okay. that our world has become so screwed up that it it is hard to tell if an account is a parody account or not. I, I'm struggling with this sometimes. You look at some of these accounts and I go, oh, yeah, that's got to be a parody account. That can't be for real. And it turns out it is. And then I'll think, oh, my God, are we that screwed up? And then I'm following an account that I think is real. And then I start thinking, oh, wait a minute. Maybe this is just a parody account. So here's one that I just found yesterday. Um, And at first I thought it was real. Now I'm pretty convinced it is a parody account. The reason I thought it was real is because we're seeing a lot of this type of behavior, what I'm talking about here. Um, this idea that we should absolutely not fat shame anybody, you know, that, that you can't talk bad about, you know, being fat is unhealthy. Obesity is unhealthy. We have to, you know, make these people feel better about themselves. Um, I completely disagree with that. Now I don't think we have to go around fat shaming people, but we, we also should not be, promoting and supporting and saying to people, oh, well, you're beautiful no matter what weight you are. This isn't about beauty. This is about health. You're not healthy when you're obese. There's just no argument that can be made that being obese is healthy. And so I'm following this account and and I'm pretty sure now that it is a parody account, but here's here's her um, 
description. She is a fat-affirming dietitian with a PhD in body-positive medicine. She's the author of Snacks Over Scales and Health at Every Happy Meal. Her pronouns are she and her, by the way, um, in case you were interested in that. I, I, I'm really, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping that this is a parody account. Um, one of the big things she talks about is that we we have to stop even using the word obese. Um, that is that is exactly like the N word for African Americans. Can't say obese yeah. anymore. It, wait, what? Yeah, you can't say obese. That's like the N word now. Come on. No, that that's why I'm hoping this is a parody account. That it's not for real. It has. Yeah, I know. But it's you'd be surprised at I mean, how that's, that's and, a term that hospitals and doctors a, use. Absolutely it, there's there is a medical definition for obesity. There's a true medical definition. If your BMI goes over 30, if it goes over 25, you're overweight. If it goes over 30, you're obese. There's a definition for it. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So the other thing that I do on Twitter is I just don't follow people I agree with. I've found a lot of those and I've learned a lot, but I follow vegans, lots of them. I follow progressives, lots of them. Um, I follow people who are doing things I don't agree with. I want to know what the hell they're up to. And for some reason yesterday, I don't know what happened, um, but it was like a coordinated attack. All the vegans came out of nowhere. Uh, They were just (laughs) all over my feed yesterday, uh, you know, calling me a murderer and you know, I'm cruel and I can't possibly love animals. And, you know, you post a picture of your dog and then you post a picture of your T-bone and they're like, well, why don't you just eat your dog then? I know. So it was kind of funny. I'm, I'm a murderer and I hate animals. Um, not, I don't hate them at all. I love them. They're really tasty. And then when you say that, they just lose it completely. Um, anyway, let's, well, uh, you want to know something that I came across that yeah. was really misleading? Yeah. 60 minutes. And I don't know if this was brand like brand spanking new from like Sunday or maybe the week prior, but apparently 60 minutes was interviewing a doctor about obesity. And this doctor is on here claiming that. It's oh, genetic. Genetic. It's genetic, right? Yeah. Right. I did see and that this. And that what he has nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Talk about confusing people. Yeah. I think a lot of people enjoy sixty minutes and go there and, you know, trust that the content is, you know, is is the right content and I have a feeling this and, is gonna mislead a lot of people. Well, let's think about this for a second, because my whole life virtually this whole weight loss health craze kind of started during my lifetime. Um, the mm-hmm. food pyramid, the low fat craze, the egg. There was a time, I, I love listening to Dr. Mercola when he talks about this. Um, there was a time, and it was during my lifetime, in the 60s and 70s, nobody ran. That was not a thing. 
Nobody ran. And he, he said that he was one of the first to get into that kind of fitness running craze. He was a doctor and, you know, they told us it was healthy. And he said there were actually times when he first started running, he was in Chicago, people would call the police on him. Because he was running through their neighborhood. He said he had the police called on him because people didn't understand why a grown man would be running through the neighborhood. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I kind of have to laugh at that. I know. It's just, it's insane how much we've changed in such a short period of time and how wrong we have gotten it. Yeah, exactly. Like we just we just couldn't have screwed this up much worse than we have. Um, and, and now we're seeing this big divide. Like my whole my whole Twitter feed is like a giant fight between the carnivores and the vegans. Yeah. Huh. All right. Oh, Let's, it's uh, interesting. It's really interesting. I know. Let's grab some more calls. Let's go to <laughs> Oklahoma. Lyle, welcome to the program. Yes, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? I heard the word cancer a couple of times, and I was uh, curious about what health things you can do, if any, to uh, alleviate skin cancer stuff of any kind. Well, tell me about your diet. And also, uh, I eat a lot of grass-fed beef. Um, I have basically lived on the 80-20 rule. I know that's probably not the best rule to follow. 80% healthy and then 20% I don't worry about, I guess. Okay. So so here's really what it comes down to. We'll, we'll just, you know, cut to the chase here. Cancer is a metabolic disease, just like every other disease. The single biggest factor in our metabolism is what we put in our mouth every day. I, I, I believe that for the most part, if we were able to live our whole life and eat as hunter-gatherers, cancer probably wouldn't exist, or it would be very, very, very rare. But we've got a lot of things working against us. It, it, all, all cancers. Are, now, there are a couple cancers, not very many, but there are a couple that have a genetic component breast cancer there we we absolutely know of a couple of genes that if you have these genes you have a much higher likelihood of getting breast cancer but it's not guaranteed just because you have those doesn't mean you're going to you do have a higher chance because we also know that even if a disease does have a genetic component diet is still the single biggest factor or on whether or not you will turn that gene on that's why some people can have the gene and not get the cancer because the gene doesn't get turned on. Something in our environment, usually a toxin or a poor diet, uh, lack of nutrition, it, that's what turns these genes on. And that's only a couple of cancers that have a genetic component at all. Most of cancer is metabolic, just like heart disease, kidney disease, liver disease, diabetes. It's all what we shove in our pie hole every day. So if you were worried about cancer and you wanted to do something better, you know, there, are, there are no guarantees anymore. 
Uh, we live in a pretty toxic world. Many of us ate the wrong way for decades. We have to make up for that. But if, if you want, if if your thought is, what could I do better than what I'm doing? Then you would work to clean up that last twenty percent. Okay. Does sugar feed any and every kind of cancer? Sugar does feed some cancers, but not all. We, we do know that. There are some cancers that absolutely feed on sugar and others that don't seem to feed on sugar at all. Um, I can't remember where skin cancer falls in that. Do you know, Lauren? No, I don't know about skin cancer specifically for but, that. But here's the thing that I, I would say, Lyle, is that Many cancers do feed on sugar, so we we would want to minimize sugar in our diet. But even if we had a cancer that doesn't feed on sugar, we we just know that the less sugar we put into our body, the healthier we are overall. So no matter what it is we're fighting, when we eat less sugar, I think our outcomes are going to be better. Are you familiar with turkey tail mushroom and yes. their health? Yep. Talk about that. Yeah, turkey tail is... they is, tied some of that to... Yeah, turkey tail is one of the adaptogenic mushrooms that... We don't talk about turkey tail a lot. We talk about adaptogenic mushrooms a lot. Uh, it's my major focus right now. And I am... Um, really, really encouraged by a couple of things I've just seen recently. I mean, I've been working on this stress protocol for two years now, uh, but just recently there have been some fairly big breakthroughs. Um, Lauren, I don't know if I talked to you about this the other day or not. Um, Lisa had gotten herself into one of these really high stress patterns. Did we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you mentioned it on the show last week. I thought I did. So, and I've seen this with other people I've worked with. They'll get into this high stress pattern that just won't break no matter what we do. We can have them do deep breathing. We can have them meditate. When they sleep, they can be getting good sleep and their stress levels are still extremely elevated. And their body battery will not replenish at all. And Lisa had gotten into this pattern um, over the last couple of weeks where her body battery wouldn't come over five. I mean, she'd wake up in the morning and still be at five. She was sleeping seven or eight hours. Her body battery would not recover, and her stress level was between 75 and 100 the whole time she was sleeping. And then when she would start working, it would just spike, you know, almost to 100 and stay there the whole day. And I, I thought, well, maybe she's maybe she got COVID, and you know her immune system's fighting it. She just doesn't realize it. We checked all kinds of things, couldn't come up with it. And I said, you know what? This would be a perfect time. Lisa has not worked on my stress protocols at all. I, I said this would be a perfect time to to start the stress protocol with you. I, I want to test a, a theory I've got, a, a different way of starting this. So we were starting with just adaptogens, nothing else. I didn't want to add anything else and confuse this. So we just started with the adaptogens. Oh, and I, we did receptor detox too. So, cause this is a hormone thing. So we did adaptogens and receptor detox. So the other day, this has only been a couple days now that this has occurred. I, I'm on the air and 
she sent me a picture of her body battery and it was a hundred. And I said, what's that? When did that happen? And she said, last night she sent me her stress. Her stress level had never gone above 25 the whole night. So I said, okay, whatever was going on, we finally got it to break. I, I kind of doubt that this was just the adaptogens. It happened so fast, but let's see what, what happens. Um, yesterday and today, this has never happened in the history of her wearing the Garmin watch. And this has been several years for us now, tracking stress and wearing the watch. When she works, her stress level goes up. She's got a pretty stressful job. She does a lot in her company. The last couple of days, like zero stress all day long, no matter what she's doing, no matter what she's working on. And I said this happened to me the other day, that I now do my entire show and my stress never spikes above 25 anymore. And now Lisa's having and the, the exact same is? experience. The Rishi mushrooms. Oh. Wow. That comes in a... Pill form or something? No, it actually comes in. We have uh, several products in our store. We actually have a decaf coffee, and I did start, Lisa, on the decaf. Uh, getting rid of some caffeine is good for this, too. Uh, so we thought, let's try the decaf, and the decaf is infused with reishi mushrooms. So all you have to do is brew the coffee, and you're getting the reishi. Then we have a cacao mix, a hot chocolate powder that has reishi, and then we have a powdered elixir. So you could put the powdered elixir, and that's, that. our, that's our most potent is the elixir. But you can dump the elixir right in your morning Spell coffee if you want. or whatever. R-E-I-S-H-I. Okay. Now, I'm too young and tender for coffee myself. So well, there you go. That, do coffee. the hot chocolate then. Um, throw some of that elixir in the hot chocolate. Right. Drink it at night with a little bit of raw honey. Uh, it tastes amazing like dessert um but we are seeing some pretty cre incredible results with this i mean things i did not expect so the adaptogens is in that yes that you're talking and, about. and turkey tail is another type of adaptogenic mushroom there's chaga cordyceps reishi turkey tail um these are all adaptogenic mushrooms okay and adaptogenic defined is? Uh, Lauren, help me out here. Um, what the hell is the definition of an adaptogen? They're, they're kind of odd. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't really know what the definition of them is. Uh, mushrooms aren't the only adaptogens. Um, there are no, adaptogens that they're come from uh, dark chocolate, cacao. Raw cacao they're is actually an adaptogen. They're natural what substances a, considered to help the body adapt to stress and to exert normalizing effects upon the body, but they don't actually harm the body in any way. Yeah, that normalizing Does it build word. A system as well? Yeah, so we could break the adaptogens down into a couple groups. So Rishi is. You know, Lauren just said these all help the body deal with stress. And we have different types of stress. Um, Rishi yeah. seems to work really well for this modern lifestyle kind of stress. 
you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're blowing and going and we're wired and tired and we push everything too much and we don't sleep right. And Rishi really seems to calm down that overactive um, metabolism. Which is kind of what I was suffering from. I would say, look, I only got three hours of sleep last night, and yet I can still work 15 hours today and have tons of energy. In fact, I have so much energy that I can't sit still, which is kind of annoying. I want to read or research, and I'm restless. (laughs) And now I still have tons of energy, but I could sit in a chair for four hours and do absolutely nothing now and be content. That's remarkable, actually. It is. So all, all you're basing all that on this. I, as crazy as it sounds, I, I kind of am um, because I can't find any other explanation. I've been testing this on and off for two years. I've never seen results like this, and we're getting them. When we eliminate all the other stuff I've tried, we only add the reishi, we get these results. And, and that's good because then that allows us to build from there. Most of the people, myself included, I, I, I had let myself get so far gone on this that I couldn't recover. When I was doing the physical stress protocols, it was taking so much out of me, I'd have to wait two days before I could do them again. So your BB is at its higher level since you started this? Yes. Yeah, mine went from being stuck in that 25 to 50 range in the morning to now most of the time I'm between 75 and 100. Wow. And I'm still not getting a lot of sleep. The the one thing that it really hasn't fixed is my sleep. There are a couple things I know I can do to get a good night's sleep, but it's, it's like, I got to do all of them. You know, I got to get up early in the morning. I got to expose myself to light. I got to meditate a couple times. I got to, you know, stop eating at a certain time. I got to get my sleep hygiene perfect. And if I do all of those things, I can get a good night's sleep, mess up one of them. And I end up with four hours of sleep. And yet I'm still functioning really well. Well, that's a big difference. It is. It is. And I, I, I'm, I hesitate to say that it's just the, the mushroom products that are doing this, but it, that's what it seems to be. What is the difference in your actual feeling? Okay. You spent a lot of time before in that 50 and below body battery. And now that you're up in the 80, 90s, what's the difference in the way you feel in a day? The difference primarily is when I was at the lower number, I had to fight through everything with just pure willpower. You know, I don't want to go do my Wim Hof breathing because I just don't feel like it. But I know it's good for me. I know I need to go do it. And I would, it was so easy to skip that stuff on days like that. Oh, no, I don't have time. I got to get this project done. And then I sit there and instead of working on the project, I'm scrolling social media for 20 minutes because I can't think. So the difference is now I feel I, I, I have good energy concentration is better. yeah my con and i i never finished the the adaptogens can work in several areas um this one we're talking about nervous system balance um there are groups of adaptogens that are really good for our immune system there are adaptogens that are really good for our brain 
and our, our thought processes. So, you know, we're, we're going to experiment with more of these, but the, the primary focus right now is on the Rishi because everybody seems to be overstressed these days. Well, I was diagnosed with a melanoma the other day that's invasive, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why I'm kind of thinking about all I, this stuff at the moment. I, I would I would double down on your diet, get really, really strict, move towards uh, more carnivore than anything and get strict with it. And I would start working on these stress protocols. Makes sense. I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Stay in touch. I want to see how uh, how this goes. Let's go to Texas. Mark, welcome to the program. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, first, first off, got a couple of th- several things here. Number one, you're talking about search engines. I got a search engine for you. It's called startpage.com. Okay. It is a private, secure uh, search engine. It uses the Google index, however. But it's not Google. It's its own independent uh, okay. platform. And I actually, use, I actually use an email address from them that I purchased called at Startmail. I use Startmail, Hushmail, which I would encourage anybody that's using these free emails to get rid of them. Go Gmail, Yahoo, buy an email address. It's like it can be $35, $30 to $40 a year. And uh, the privacy is uh, tremendously more. You don't get all the ads and everything like that. But... Uh, start page is like probably the most secure, uh, unless you go with a poor browser, uh, the, uh, probably the most secure, uh, and, uh, and like I said, they use the Google, pl- they use the Google index. So you can get into Google without really using Google. Yeah. So, okay. uh, second, second thing. So take a look at that. And, uh, second thing is, uh, I came across two articles last week. And it seems as though, and you'll notice this if you look at people that you know that's had the vaccine, have you noticed that they, a lot of them start to uh, have aging prematurely, like they age 10 years immediately almost within the last couple of years? Uh, there's two articles out there, one in Substack and one in Rumble about, the, about how this uh, vaccine is causing people to uh, rapidly age. I know several people that I've looked at and I'm like, you're aging and then i'll give you i'll give you somebody you can look at and see uh, and i thought i said this to paul the other day jacinda Ardern from uh new zealand if you look at the pictures that they've got out there if you'll see on twitter they got four pictures of her putting up there where she looks young and she gets in there and all of a sudden she's aged tremendously yeah and, uh, that's one of the side effects that that's happening out there it's getting into the uh, these articles explain it that's uh like i said there's a uh, there's one on Substack, and I forget who the guy was, and then there's one on Rumble, and they're talking about the same thing, about how the vaccine is prematurely aging people, and uh, which I'll go to the next subject, is that uh, I've started taking uh, NMM in the last couple of weeks, to, and I know you're familiar with that, uh, NMM, resveratrol, and uh, trimethylglycine. Because it seems to be the uh, the anti aging molecule out there right now. So you know, and, I, uh, I I just got back from that conference, which was actually an anti aging conference, which I would have never gone to. 
I mean, I have no interest in that whole field of anti-aging. I went just because it was a good opportunity to go meet Dr. Wilson and hang out. And I'm glad I did. A lot of good things have come out of that. A lot of good things. Um, but I, I still kind of have the same approach. This whole anti-aging thing. I just read an article this morning. Um, this whole list of biohacks to help you live to 120. Well, first off, obviously nobody's proven that. I mean, we have to just stop and think about that for a second. How do these people know that those five hacks are going to get me to 120? Come on. Nobody's ever proven that. I think the point, I, I think the point is to try to uh, be more healthy and uh, be more active in that your I, older age. That I agree. Old and decrepit. That and, I and that's absolutely, the way I look at it. That's, I absolutely agree with. But when we start taking things like resveratrol, why? Resveratrol is not very common. It, it, it exists in the skin of grapes. And I, I mean, lots of human beings could go through their whole life and never really come in contact with resveratrol in food. So why do we think that this is going to help us live longer? And we use anecdotal no. evidence to, to try to convince ourselves that we will and I just really don't like that kind of thought process. I, th I think that it, when you look at the cellular level and everything we're bombarded with in society today, from what's in the air to what's in the water to what's in the clothes we wear to the detergents and everything out there, I think we need every help we can get because would, of no, the, I, the I modernization I, of I, with the chemicals. I wouldn't disagree with that, but how do we know these things actually do help? We don't. Well, there's anecdotal evidence. Well, there's anecdotal evidence in, in mice, you know, quote unquote mice. But you know, uh, it's they, a lot of different independent scientists in different areas from Japan on over to David Sinclair. They seem to believe hey, hey, that there's. Hey, yeah, but, but yeah, we have to think about something because I can I can point out about ninety percent of the doctors on the planet think eating fat is bad for us. Well, I know. Well, so I, I don't believe in trust doctors I call, anymore. I, I, yeah, but well, I I call that. I mean, I call that medical dogma. You know, because it's like you know, and the and here's look at this again. Here's something else. The FDA is looking at trying to do the same thing with NNM. That they that they want to do with NAC, and it's like, well, why? Because the company wants to pay them. Has come to them, and because this company has profit motives with this molecule out there. So when you look at that, I don't trust anything the FDA says. If the FDA is is against it, maybe I'm for it. I mean, I don't uh, trust the government. Well, it, as far but, as I but here's it. here's the thing: the, the FDA doesn't have any good reason why they're against something when it comes to anti aging. There is no proof of any of this stuff. There can't be. And if I, if somebody's going to prove to me that it's going to help me, you're going to have to wait 50 years to know whether it were. And then even after 50 years, we can't know whether that, that one molecule we took, you know, well, as a supplement well, extended seems, our life. It, but they say that there seems to be evidence that uh, it helps uh, with uh, maintaining endurance. Uh, well, but, energy but, levels but, and it, things no, like that no, at the cellular I, I, level. There, there's evidence for everything. That's my point. 
I can go find evidence for I, I, the, all the vegans who are fighting me and calling me murderers. They have tons of research from top universities to prove that eating all plants is healthier. And yet it's not. We know it's a lot not. Of that, a, lot of, a lot of the veganism is, 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 is ideological when it comes down Say, to like, I, you know, look, the, the quote-unquote thing I, of the day. I would call this anti-aging thing the same thing. These people are almost cult-like. And they have zero proof that anything they're doing works. Well, I, I'll, I'll go to a different direction on this thing with aging. It's like, you know what age is that? One of the things that age the fastest? Drinking alcohol. Absolutely. Which I, no I told you a couple of weeks ago, I gave yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, it, well, here, that, so, that was so right let's there. go to my, my, I mean, well, my take well, that on this. Goes, that, Let, let's go to my take on this. I, I actually stopped following Dave Asprey almost completely. And Dave was one of the first people I followed. Dave was, he was one of the first third-party products we ever had in our store was Bulletproof stuff. I've learned a ton from Dave, but I stopped following him. He got so deep into this anti-aging stuff that the last five things he recommended I tried were pure garbage. They just weren't working at all. There wasn't a lot of science behind them. He claims he's going to live to be 170 um, I, I don't believe any of this stuff. I, I think we are way, way off track when we do these weird biohacking things, thinking it's going to make us live longer. Here's what I think people should focus on. Focus on all the things we know make us feel better every day. And, and I'll probably live longer if I do that. But I, I'm not going down this weird path of taking a bunch of supplements and doing a bunch of weird biohacking, thinking it's going to make me live a couple more years. Well, I, th- I think that, like I said, I think that, you know, so many nutrients has been depleted from everything that you almost have to supplement for certain things because you don't get it anywhere else. I mean, if you can't get properly grown beef and you can't get properly grown vegetables or any other food, then... You almost have to supplement for these things. That's, I mean, that's why you're selling the liver capsules and all. And I mean, there's some people think that those really don't work like the real thing because of the mighty well, amounts said, in them. I've but, said that. I've, yeah. I've, I've said it's yeah. not the so, same as uh, eating liver. It's the next best thing. And I've, what I'm, what I mean, I'm, and I've taken them before. What I'm no longer convinced of is that we need all these superfood molecules they keep talking about. It doesn't make sense to me anymore. Hunter-gatherer societies did not have access to these things. Many of Hunter them... Hunter-gatherer com- societies weren't, weren't faced, faced with all the, uh, the types of uh, chemicals that we I, have. I, I, and I get that, Mark, but the here's the... Nobody, nobody has proven to me that resveratrol is going to fix that. And I don't believe it will. Yeah, well, I don't believe well, these. I, yeah, I guess the, that remains to be seen. Well, right, but h- how are we going to see it? How are we going to prove this is going to extend my life forty years from now? If you well, want to take these things to be our life for forty years, but I, I don't want. I'm not looking to be like crippled or. Well, I'm not uh, either. But I don't think we need to go take know, a whole some, bunch of exotic supplements to, to not be crippled. I think all we have to do is eat real good animal foods. That's all. I don't, I don't think we need a bunch of and weird that, supplements. And, 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 that's, 
and that's getting harder and harder to do because of just how society no, is. No, Mark, I it's mean, not. It's getting much, know, much easier. No, well, don't don't lie to us. You just lied to us. I'm not lying. You to did. You, you no, just I lied to lie us. To I will promise you, it is a well, it is twenty times easier to get good, high quality food today yeah, than but, it was eight years ago when I started this. Way easier. Okay, that's true. But what I, what, I, what what I'm saying is is like when you the the a lot of the foods that you you get out there, it's like. You don't know exactly what that animal. Well, that's your that's your choice. I uh, hold on. We can know. You have to do the hard work. I can tell you exactly what my animals were eating because I've done the work to know. I I I get that, but I'm saying is like when you I know we can get into canning and this, that, and the other, but there's there's so much that that hits us out here from all directions that we have to do what we have to do to try to, uh, you know, live as clean uh, a lifestyle as possible. Well, I mean, and I agree with what you're saying, but what I, uh, it's just, you know, you get back to the, and, and here's another thing about when you talk about animal products and all, you know, you know that Dr. McCullough and them all talk about what the, the grains that they feed these animals that causes the, uh, linoleic acid which is mark, like mark i don't eat, I, I don't eat animals that eat grains yeah but but you don't but it's like if you don't get heritage pork it's pretty much hard to get pork that's been fed and chickens that are fed correctly no it's here. not i mean no yeah, it's not can i order, can go order, I, I, well I, you can I, order a chicken and sent to your house but or i, I can mean, go find a local pig farmer there's lots there's Way more of them now than there were eight years ago. Local. And a lot of them are still feeding them the same. They're still feeding them the same thing. No, 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 no. You're, you're misunderstanding me. I'm not saying I can just go find any local pig farmer. I can find the local pig farmer that I go spend time with, find out what they feed their pigs, and they're not feeding them that. There, there's a lot more of those around. It's, it's getting easier. That's good news. It's yeah, not well, harder. It's, getting, it's easier. It's getting more and more, but... but it, but it's still, it's like, you know, that's, uh, and, and as far as the guy that called a little while ago, he was talking about, you know, you know, uh, was it sun, uh, skin cancer. They, I, I believe that one of the leading causes is like too much linoleic acid. A lot of the doctors, like Mercola and uh, uh, what's his name, Cornivore MD, uh, Sal, uh, Sal, uh, Saladino, they seem to think that, again, this is, they seem to think that too much linoleic acid is, the, one of the culprits in skin burning and allowing uh, the uh, cancer to form. So, I, which I think, you know, the seed oils is probably worse for us than probably sugar and grains all all put together because just because it's when that when those when the seed oils came into existence and they started pushing them, that's when all our health pretty much went to crap. Well, we and could say that about a lot of things, and I'm not disagreeing. I'm just not... I, I, all of those things are think, important. I we think, shouldn't be eating I, I, foods I with grains agree. or sugars I, or seed oils or... And I can tell you this, that I grew up Irish, um, Scottish, very fair-skinned, red hair, burn easily, and that has changed. In the last eight years, that has changed. I tan better than I used to. Uh, 
That, that there is a uh, nutritional component to this, which is pretty incredible. Same here. Yeah, and, and that that skin well, color I'm in the sun is actually all the time, and I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't burn. burn. I don't either. Not like I used to. Now, clearly, if I walked outside in the you know when when the sun starts coming out again this summer, if I walked outside at noon and spent three hours out there, I would get burned. But it used to be that could happen in fifteen minutes. Um, now I. I, I and the longer I stay out in the summer when I'm out there in the sun in the garden, by the end of the summer, I can spend all day out there and not burn. And I don't use any kind of sunscreen at all. Nothing. Uh, on t- about Twitter, there's an account out there. You're talking about parody accounts. I've been on Twitter since 2009. There's an account I was looking at the other day, and he looked at the name of it. It was called Sarcasm Cat. And it made a statement about, I don't know, something going on right now or whatever that was kind of absurd. And people literally lost their minds it, over what this account said. <laughs> but the account clearly was, a, was a satire I, account. And it's like, can people, it's like people have lost the ability to think they these have. days. It's they like, have. You, you just look at it and it's like somebody made the comment down there that, do these people? Do these people understand what they're dealing with here? And I was like, I, no. And I know they they don't. And and like I said, I'm going to cut you loose. We got to get through some calls here before we run out of time. Um, it, it a lot of parody accounts are now marked as parody accounts. If they're not, you've got to be careful trying to figure out what's what anymore. Let's go to California, Brandy. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so this is uh, Lauren had asked uh, Joe a question about egg and eggshells. So I have a mm-hmm. hard-boiled egg maker, and uh, I have learned the hard way that when you you just don't just grab a, a carton of eggs and just plop them in, or pierce them with the, the piercing uh, thing that they have on it, because otherwise it shatters, and then you have egg all over your your uh, pan kind of thing. So the best way is basically, and it looks really suspicious, but it really does work, is that you open the carton and you feel the tops, and if you feel bumps on them, obviously that's a really thin uh, sh- uh, eggshell, and it generally works. So um, Walmart had caught me once. is like, uh, what are you doing? I want to make sure my eggs don't shatter when I pierce them. And uh, so I've been going to a natural store and getting hard eggs, and generally I get really good eggs just by feeling the top of them. It looks suspicious, but it actually works. Good. I think you should be able to touch your food in the grocery store exactly. before you purchase it. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the eggshell. You're not going to eat the eggshell. Or do you? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I want to I, I be able to play with my food. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's... That's all. I just it, it works for me, and uh, you know I know I don't have a what you do for your hard boiled eggs with cold water and ice and that. That's not not out here anyway, unless you know something I don't. No, I, I mean you can even just put them in cool water. Right? All we're trying to do is is, is draw some heat yeah. out of that egg so it doesn't overcook. It's going to keep cooking. So we we throw them in the ice water to try to stop that. It wouldn't have to be ice water, even cool water. Um, we'll start to slow them down a little bit. Um, you know, Lauren, it's interesting what we've been talking about today. And I just happened to look at my email. I, I have no idea why I got this, but I 
Doesn't this sound like a, a good organization? American Wellness Pharmacy. Sounds good. Sounds, it sounds, <laughs> you know, at first when I looked at it, I thought, oh, it's probably one of those natural compounding pharmacies I talked to when I was done at the conference. And maybe it was, I don't know. But they just sent me an email. <laughs> and uh, here's, here's what the email says. And I'm probably going to mispronounce this word, all these drug names. So here's what it says, quote, we are less than a week away from our, from our semaglutide workshop. We have a few spots left before we close registration. If you are interested in signing up, please reply to this email to get you registered. We are limiting the workshop to 20 medical practitioners for the best experience for our attendees. Do you know what semaglutide is? No. That's Ozempic and Wagovi. That's the diabetic drug that they're Stop using it. for weight loss. They're having a workshop to show us how to do this. Oh, my goodness. And all these celebrities are, are like, normalizing it. People think that this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, what I've read about it is that. Go ahead. I think it's one injection a week. Yep. And then you add an additional eject injection week after week. At what point does you, do you stop adding an additional? I mean, how many injections Never. do you have to take? Never. That's what they're, nobody's paying attention to. Do you know why you have to keep adding? Do you know what we're doing here? We're creating diabetics. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, well, we do are. Do you know what, the, what it actually does? Is it, it, I think it, it slows the pro, your digestive process. Right. Is what I understand. It does. Right. Yeah, it does all kinds of other things, but that's that's like one of the things it does. Bebo and oh yeah, 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 all kinds of nasty wow. stuff. Yeah, and the reason you have to keep adding a shot is because what is diabetes? It's insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So these exactly. diabetic drugs make insulin resistance worse, just like a heroin addict has to keep taking more and more heroin and then eventually has to switch to fentanyl to be able to get high and then has to keep taking more and more fentanyl. This is no different. Wow. I can't believe it. I know. I and mean, they call themselves the American it, Wellness but... Pharmacy. <laughs> wellness and pharmacy Wonderful. should not, never be used in the same sentence. Amazing. All right. Oh, We're going to go back to the phones. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Lauren. Hello. What's up? How you guys doing? Good. Uh, well, uh, the adaptogens. I've been using them, and I've been getting a lot of positive, positive uh results um Great. i i kind of uh because i haven't really been as busy as i want to be i've been home a lot and i kind of stayed up late the last two nights and i did the protocol yesterday did a lot of work around the house so woke up this morning with a little bit of stress overnight and a lower body battery but i feel good i'm feeling good overall good good i saw you had a couple right. really good nights there Right, right, and my my deep sleep is still being uh, still keeping up, 
Uh, my body battery this morning was thirty uh, was forty two. Um, but again, I had two short nights, five and a half hours each night. Yeah. I didn't post today. I'm trying to use them a little screwy today with the storm uh, powers out everywhere. But anyway, um, I was going to talk well, the other day when we were talking real quick. Um, I'm going to try to see about, I don't know if I'm going to be successful, about eating in the first half of the day instead of the second half of the day because I get up in the morning and have my NDK coffee. See if I can't get some kind of benefit out of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, you, you, after the NDK coffee, I'm usually not, not hungry till about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So it's going to be difficult to do that, you know. Um, but I'm going to try to see how that works out if I can, if I can get to it. After the weekend, I'm going to destroy myself this weekend going to New York for the weekend. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But uh, I've been using the sunlight being home in the morning. I've been putting it on while I do my uh, protocol and also sitting at the desk. I don't know if I'm getting a lot of benefit. I guess I'm, I guess I'm getting some benefit from it. I don't, I'm doing a little too much right now to try to yeah. work on this stress. So uh, it may be a combination of everything. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I've been struggling with and why I, I've got to go back and retest some of these things and, um, you know, test some things individually. And that's kind of where we are right now. We're trying to focus on just the adaptogens right now. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, you know, I uh, it's been – I don't know if uh, – did you get your light yet, Lauren? Because I know it took a while for me to get mine. I haven't. It's been, I think it was ordered on the 19th of December, and I still don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just kind of sent me an email out of the blue. Oh, you're, you know, your son of space is shipped and gave me a tracking number just out of the blue. So it just kind of, I, I looked at my records. I tried to figure out when I ordered it and when I got it. So it was about two months, you know, I think it was. Surprisingly, it turns out this is a fairly small company. I, I was shocked. I had a really, oh, sure. really good conversation with the CEO the other day. He's a great guy, but they're, they're a small company. Yeah, I figured that's why it was taking so yeah. long. It's almost like they're made to order. I, well, they're, Fred, you, you see them. They're like a work of art. The craftsmanship that goes into this oh, thing no, no, is no. insane. It is. An, it is yeah. really nice. Yeah. It is really nice. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I've been trying to keep it when I use the light, I've been trying to keep it through, through the, the morning hours, not really at night. Like I first started just watching TV at night. And I think that may have been some of the, yeah, might've been, you know, my, my, my sleep. So I've been doing that in the mornings when I'm home. Um, but uh, let me ask you guys a question. I'm trying to help a couple people, and some people take your advice. They don't, of course, and it is on them. But when when someone tells you they're doing something and you don't see any results, like I have a friend who's on quite a bit of diabetic medication. Uh, mm -hmm. Handling his sugar has been pretty pretty hard. So I told them to try to do strict carnivore. And as the process went along, he's telling me he is, but he doesn't understand what he needs to eat. I told him, <laughs> just take pictures of every meal and send them to me. Yeah. And he still don't want to do that. And then he's telling me he's wrapped up into the medical system and 
Now he's having some kidney issues, and I feel bad for the guy. And I'm trying to, but I said, you know, uh, he, you know, he's trying to. I'm telling him about what I'm doing, and he's trying to order the stuff I'm doing. I says, why don't you just try to do 30 days of just getting your diet instead of spending this money that you know that I'm spending? Isn't it crazy and, and, when I, I yeah I. I want to jump in. I hate to interrupt, but it's crazy to me when I tell somebody, look, I know we talk about grass fed and all this other crazy stuff. All I want you to do is go to whatever grocery store is closest to you and buy some ribeyes and some eggs and eat them. And yet they, they want some sort of a supplement. And I'm like, no, you don't need to spend any money on anything right now. Just eat food. And yet everybody wants a pill. Yeah. I, I, I know. try to tell them that you're going to get the same results from a uh, a ribeye from Publix or or grocery store. The exact same results right now because right the exact same results. I said, and why you know if you're retired and you're on a limited budget, why are you going to go out and spend all this money when you haven't even made an attempt to control your blood sugar? And his pushback is. Well, how do you know? I says, because if you were doing this the right way, your medicine, your medication would work too well and give you low blood sugar events, and then you would have to adjust your medication. Yes. In, in fact, I, most people have I to quit it you're, pretty you're quickly. It right. Most people have to quit yeah, their medication. Yeah. If you go true carnivore, you're going to have to quit that medication. Right. So I'm trying to get tell them to try to look at this in a different way instead of the medical community way. And, you know, and you know, yesterday he kind of blew up at me. He said I was abusing him. Hey, Fred. And I'm like, Fred, hold on a second. I'm Fred, giving you my honest opinion here. Fred, Fred, I, I hate to say yeah. this, Um but you can't waste your time on a snowflake like that. I, I'm serious. Any, any, I I, I'm sorry. Any male, any male that looks at another male and, and because you were having a conversation says you're abusing me. I, I'm sorry. Um, you're going to have to find somebody else to work with. I, I, I can't deal with exactly. that. Exactly. That's how I feel. It, 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 That's how I feel. And I, yeah, feel, I, it, I feel bad because. I want to help. The, look, them, but I, I can't. You know I can't what that tells me. That. You know what that tells me. I, I'm. I'm a. I pay attention to words. Words are really important. The left keeps trying to change words and change the name of everything, and they're they're doing it because they're smart enough to know it has a lot of power. There, there's so when Correct. when people use words in a certain way, it tells me a lot about them. When somebody, when a male can make a statement like that to another male, just because we're having a conversation, you're abusing me. That is 100% victim mentality. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, you, you know what kind of personality I am from our conversations over the years. I'm very strong. I'm very strong opinionated, but you know, I, 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 I listen to people on top of that, you know, uh, and I tell people when they when they're talking to me, you may get my opinion even if it's not solicited. You know, solicited yeah, you know, yeah. It's just the way I am, you know. But I, I I don't mean any harm by anything, and I want to truly help someone, right? If I can, and I've helped I've helped quite a few people over the years. Yeah, you know, my father-in-law, a good friend of mine in Oklahoma, 
And, you know, uh, but, you know, and my other friend in Tennessee, you know, they, 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 they got what they want out of it. They're educated. So when they have that, that drink or that piece of cake, at least they know the, the difference and the, they understand why they feel like crap the next day. Right. And, and that's yeah, it, all I care about is if I can give you the information and you do what, what you want with it. You know, when, when, when you want to help people, and, and I think we all do, it's human nature, you've, you've got to be careful about it. And what I mean by that is I, I, I want results. I don't want to just tell somebody something to prove that I know all this stuff. I want them to go do this so their life gets better. And it's time-consuming. I mean, I used to do this one person at a time. Now I get to do it thousands of people at once, but it took me a long time to get here. One of the things I will not do, I won't waste time helping people that I don't think I'm going to be able to get through to. And as long as somebody has a victim mentality, there's no point in me talking about health or diet or supplements, what that person needs. And I don't know how to do it. And even if I did, I don't have time. That person needs a serious attitude adjustment because nothing is going to work for them until they can change that. That's what I would cause as crazy as this might sound the root cause of his health problems is not his diet. It's his attitude. We could change right. his and diet I, I, and we would change his was... health, but we can't change his diet until we can figure out how to change his attitude. Well, that's what I said to him yesterday, kind of, I guess, but lack of a better word, triggered him. I said, I'm trying to approach this and look at this in a different way. I said, you know, I says, you're, 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 you're talking about your kidney doctor when I'm telling you just eat carnivore. And you won't I'm need a kidney doctor. Right. Um, yeah. yeah I, so I'm not talking about your, any, I'm telling you to stop anything that, that you're doing with your medical doctors. I'm just saying, just eat carnivore for 30 days and see how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But he's he's got that victim mentality that it's not going to work. Yeah. He wants you know, a pill. His pushbacks are, his pushbacks are, you don't know what I'm going through. I says, I understand, I, I may not understand what you're going through. I don't need it, to. It, you'll get a better outcome regardless of, <laughs> right. regardless of what you're, what you're going through. Right. Right. I don't need to know what you're going yeah, through. No. I don't even need to know what your diseases are. I, I, I should start a show where you call me up and you don't tell me anything about what's wrong with you health-wise, and I'll fix it anyway. <laughs> right? I, and I can. You don't have to tell yeah. me what's wrong with yeah. you. Just call me and tell me you live in this country and you're sick, and I'll fix it. You don't have to tell me what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I it it is truly amazing how if when someone does this and they actually see the results and and they and they 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 just say wow and it gets them motivated to do it even that much more. Yeah, just the just the feeling and stuff like that that you get when you're not lethargic, you're not have those aches and pains every day. You don't have uh, so much, so much. That you, I, I can't even describe anymore because I, I don't even remember what I felt like back then. You know what? You know, I, um, I know it wasn't good. 
You know, I we talk about practicing gratitude, and it's powerful. And and one of the things that I am really, really grateful for, um, you know, I could go back to Kim kind of started this whole thing, but had she not, um, I'm pretty sure that I would be on prescription medications by now. I wasn't on any, you know, in my early 50s, but I was getting closer all the time. Um, I'm pretty sure I would have been by now. I don't think I would have been able to keep doing what I was doing. Uh, I, I'm just so grateful that I'm going to turn 60 this year and not a single prescription medication. Well, that's I, I same thing here. I, I really am grateful for you and Kim because I remember when she was pushing you back then to do it. And um, what really triggered it for me was when you had said on the show, we're always hungry because we're not putting the proper nutrition in our body. Yeah. Never forget that. It made so much sense to me after you said that. I'm like, dummy, what the hell? Yeah, of course. It, <laughs> you know what I'm so shocked about these days? And, and I'm eating more carnivore than ever now. And it's been kind of a slow transition into it. I'm shocked that when I'm eating this heavy of carnivore, how little I eat. Yes. It's yes. shocking how uh, little I food I can get by with in a day. And I'm not talking I do it and I'm hungry. I, what I'm talking about is yesterday I wanted wings and, and I made like a dozen wings. I, I ate four of them, four chicken wings. And I was satisfied. I did not want to eat anymore. And, and I do that a lot. You know, I used to, you know, we'd, we'd go out to eat at a restaurant. Ribs have always been one of my favorite things. And they are a lot of work, you know, to do my rib recipe takes four hours. So you got, you got to remember to take them out and thaw them. And then you got four hours worth of work. And, but it, I love ribs. I'd go out to eat ribs. And it was a, the question was, should I get a full rack or a half rack? Like a half rack, I know I'm just going to wipe those out and I'll probably eat a little more. But if I get a full rack, then I'll have a little bit of leftovers for later. I can't eat a half right. a rack of ribs anymore. I can't even come close. I can't eat a half of a half of a rack. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. It's just bizarre. Yeah. What, yeah. What's a lifesaver for me is doing my steaks uh, in the sous vide. It's oh, yeah. really been a more of a go-to than anything else. Um, I, I got two, this, two of the souvets. I got the, the Breville, uh, it's a white tower. With Isn't a, that one nice? Discharge, water yeah. discharge. That's mid, my favorite. Up the, up the shaft. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've used that for all my cooking. I use the other one. It's a, um, oh, uh, can't think of the name of it. It, it but it has a, 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 a bottom discharge for the water. I use that for the yogurt. Yeah. Um, it's black. It's black. It, it holds on, uh, you know, it clips on to the side of the, the uh, bucket I use for the yogurt. Yeah. Um, only because the, 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 the blue, the, the white one, the discharge is so high that uh, it kind of makes too much uh, splashing because the water is too low with the, with the jars I use. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's really a game changer with uh, pretty much everything I've done so far. Excellent. All right. And the hot and the hard boiled eggs I, I make in that is amazing. Oh, I know. Oh my god. I know that is another good way of doing it. Although they still peel easier when you use the pressure cooker. 
Well, I'll t- I never use, I don't have a pressure cooker, but I'll tell you what. That's one thing I've noticed with the Breville is that they peel, I think, out of the couple of dozens I've done, and which is many, maybe maybe three eggs out of all of them yeah. didn't get a full peel on them. Yeah. Now, I will say under a pressure cooker, it's zero every time. That That is the difference. There are wow. other ways that, you know, make eggs easier to peel. I've tried them all, and they work. They don't work a hundred percent of the time, and the pressure cooker does. That the shells fall off. Wow, that's excellent. I got to get myself one because I do want to start trying to can and stuff like that. And that was one of the things I wanted to do this year: is learn how to do that. There you go. So, All right. Um, hey, we're gonna we're gonna cut you loose. We're at eleven o'clock. We have one more call. I better turn off the phone lines. I should have done that earlier. Uh, we are going to take this final call before we wrap this up. We're going to head north of the border to Ontario. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good. What can I help you with today? Hi, how are you? So I'm new to this. My son, um, he's a trucker. And he listens to your program all the time. Okay. And he's gotten me onto this the change of diet. I've lost close to 100 pounds now. Wow, congratulations. Um, three years I've had. Yeah, that's well, amazing. Well, it's the loose skin I'm struggling, struggling with, but I've had four joints replaced in the last three years. Um, and I have a lot of joint pain. Okay. So I'm looking for recommendation. Of, so I've talked to the surgeon. She's like, oh, you just have to be patient. It's like, but I can hardly walk. Yeah, it's, that's It's been bullshit. a year and a half ago that, that, that you did that, my that, that, That's bullshit. Yeah, we don't have to be patient. We should not be in pain. So we're going to go back to the diet again. Tell me about your diet. Yeah. I eat um, grain-fed meat. I eat vegetables. You mean um, grass-fed? Last year, yes, grass-fed beef. Okay. Uh, We have a local farmer that I only get my beef from because I know what it's... And I was raised on a dairy farm. Good. Okay. Um, I know where I get my eggs from. I know what they're fed. Excellent. We had eggs. We had chickens when you grew up. Um, I can't say I eat totally clean all the time. Nobody um, does. Especially when Christmas baking. Yeah. Especially we, when we, Christmas baking comes. We, we try. Yeah. Some do better than others. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. So now I'm just, and also to tighten up the skin or, you know, um, so, I am 58. I'll be, no, I'm 59 now. Um, I have a lot of loose skin from losing all the weight. Yeah, the, um, the, the the loose skin is a tough one, really is. There, there's no magic bullet when it comes to that. I'm not as concerned about that. I know it's a, it's an issue, but I'm more concerned about the things that really do um, involve your health. That loose skin isn't really unhealthy, or uh, it just is what it is. The pain is more of a concern for yeah. me. Um, one of the things that usually happens on a good, clean diet is pain goes away. Pain is inflammation, and and this is a very low inflammatory diet. So there's still something in your diet that's causing the inflammation to to exist. Now, when we damage something, when we injure a joint or a muscle, we will get inflammation. That's our body's way of healing it. We want that inflammation. We should feel that pain. But then that should go away. As that starts to heal, that should go away. If we constantly have pain, it means we're constantly inflamed, which to me is an indication that there's still something in the diet. Believe it or not, um, 
I would start to have you eliminating vegetables, uh, plant foods. Okay. Um, animal products are okay. not inflammatory. Now, and especially if we're eating good quality animal products, and you are, you, you know the source, you know what they're eating. Yeah. That is the least inflammatory food we can eat. Meat, um, meat really is the least inflammatory. Eggs would be next. Dairy can be a little iffy. We've got to be careful, more careful with dairy and the quality matters a lot. But I would start moving you towards more and more animal products and less and less plant products and see if we can bring some of that inflammation and pain down. Um, I, I might even recommend doing a home test for C-reactive protein. So if you go to everlywell.com, there are other places you can go, but we're familiar with this one. Everlywell.com. Yep. Did you get that? And you're going to look for it. There's two tests I want you to take. One is a vitamin D test. I want to see what your vitamin D levels are. They actually combine that in one test. So you only have to do one finger stick, put blood on one card, send it back to them. And they're going to check your vitamin D level and your C-reactive protein. C-reactive protein is, is one of one of the measures of inflammation in our body. And it's one that we can measure fairly easily. We don't have to go to a lab and give blood and, you know, do hair samples. I mean, we can just do this home test, get a pretty good idea where that inflammation level is. And then we would have you start moving away from plant foods and go into even more animal foods, make sure the quality is good. Um, And let's see if we start to see an improvement in the inflammation. Now, are, are you... Are you looking for some relief from that pain while we're trying to figure this out? Yes. Okay. And are you taking anything? I I go to therapy twice a week. For relief. I'm done with my naproxen. I'm done with Tylenol. Good. So I haven't been. Okay. Um, Of course, we try to push you like Dr. Cotton, and it's like, I'm not taking any of that stuff anymore. I'm done with it. It's not helping. No, it doesn't help. It actually makes things worse. If you can just manage, yeah, it does. And it it creates a lot of problems for us health-wise. They're not good for us at all. Um, If if you can just manage the pain with nothing, I, I would recommend you just keep doing that and then let's solve this. We can get rid of that pain. You do not have to live with this the rest of your life. We can get rid of this. If you can, if you can kind of white knuckle your way through and just live with the pain for right now, that would be your best option. There are two, three things I could recommend. Um, If you, if you have just some occasional bouts where it's just really bad and, and you really want some relief, we have a supplement in the store that's actually for digestion. But if you take it on an empty stomach and there's no food for it to work on, it becomes a really powerful anti-inflammatory. So for short-term relief of you know pain, we can use this. It, it, and it's weird because if you use it for digestion, you take one or two capsules. If you use it for inflammation, you take 10 to 12, maybe even 14. But they're, they're just nutrients. There's nothing toxic okay. about this. That's one thing you could keep on okay. hand. 
The other two possibilities, and I don't know if you're open to either one of these or not, cannabis works really well if you're in a state that's legalized it um, for sure. Oh, I've been trying that. Okay, good. And it does work very well. Good, good. And there's another, have you ever heard of Kratom? No. So Kratom, um, it comes from a tree. The tree grows primarily in Indonesia, I think. And all they do is take the leaves, dry the leaves, and crush it up into a powder. That's it. It's 100% the leaf from this tree. Uh, It's called Kratom, K-R-A-T-O-M. Some states have actually outlawed it. It works like an opioid, but it's not an opioid. It has similar effects. So if you take a little bit of Kratom, it actually gives people energy and, and kind of gets them up and gets them moving and also eliminates pain. If you take a lot of Kratom, like an opioid, it, it is a depressant. It will, you know, slow you down, really kill a lot of pain. Um, it can be addictive. We, we want to be aware of that. It, like a... Like an opioid, it can make you feel so good sometimes, especially if you're in a lot of pain, that you can kind of get hooked on that. And there can be some some minor physical um, dependencies even. So you don't want to overdo this. But if, you, if you're, that's probably, that could be the most powerful. Sometimes that's even more powerful than cannabis. So you, you may want to just have some of that on hand and get it organic. You can buy it online and order it and have it shipped to you. Um, there's some really good organic sites okay. out there. Uh, so those are three options. It, like I said, if you can just kind of white knuckle through the pain, that that's really your best option. But these things have no real negative side effects if you use them once in a while. Okay. Okay. So I started with, I just stepped off of the ladder to start a COVID back in 2019. So I, of course, like every healthcare, what did you have to wait? So then they decided it was my hip and that it, it was severe arthritis. So they did my left hip. And then three months later, they did my left knee. And it still didn't, it relieved the pain, but not. So then they did my, right knee last November, a year ago in November, and she said, okay, your body's been two enough, your weight loss has been excellent, let's leave it a year. So last hey. November, I just had my right um, Hey, Linda, Linda, um, yeah. you're, you're the same age as I am. When you were growing up, when you were a kid, did you know yeah. anybody that had their hip and two knees replaced? No. Other no, than I my didn't. dad, but he was fifty-two when he first had his. Yeah, I, I, I did. No, I did not. We didn't replace joints. Something's gone really, really wrong. No, this whole joint replacement thing yeah. is, um, it, and some of it may be necessary, but a lot of it isn't. We could improve a lot of these things. So um, you've had some things replaced. Now's the time to just focus on on your diet. Um, get Even tighten the diet up. And you've seen the results of changing your diet. You know this stuff works. Yeah, I'm not diabetic anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So it, we're just going to do a little done. more of what you've already done. You've done a lot. You've fixed a lot of things. We're down to this one issue. This can be fixed with diet. Okay. 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 
So no, I will definitely look into this other the supplements, you know, get on. Yeah, and, and heavy, heavy on the Website. animal foods. Okay, so I should cut out vegetables for now. Yeah, I would. You know, and again, none of us are a hundred percent, you know, strict with this. If if you if you're eating some ribs and you say, "Boy, some coleslaw would be good right now," go ahead and eat some. It's not that big of a deal, and don't stress over it. That's not cheating. But just know that the more animal products you eat and the less plants you eat, the faster this will resolve. Okay. So, like, what about sauerkraut? Now, if you are going to eat vegetables, true fermented vegetables, that is your best option. Now, when you say sauerkraut, you don't mean you're going to go to the grocery store and buy the stuff out of the aisle, right? No. 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 Real fermented sauerkraut. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. My son made last year some uh, jars of fermented vegetables. Excellent. And yeah, eat I those. Can't even stand the smell of them, though. I know. Oh, I, I know it's hard. How do hey, you, get past- <laughs> you know what helps? You know what helps? Take if you've got something what? like sauerkraut. Take the sauerkraut. Yeah. Pour off most of the brine. Leave just a little bit in there, and mix in some good quality okay. mayonnaise. Okay. It, it okay. will really take away that kind of sour tang that some people just don't like about fermentation. Just put some good quality mayonnaise in there. Well, the fermented best, so the fermented best that he did is with asparagus, um, cauliflower, broccoli, um, and yeah, cucumbers. Those, it, and he put it all in one jar, and I helped to, him make it. You know, take, take the cucumbers, Even, slice them up, and put in some sour yeah. cream. Okay. Yeah that that okay, will yeah. that will cut some of that that sour fermented taste that some people just don't like. Okay. Okay. I'll give that, that a try. All right, and call us back. We want to kind of sure. follow you on your journey. Sure. Appreciate that very much. I All will right. try it. Hopefully, the pain starts going away. It will. Thank you Promise. very much. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Lauren. We're going to wrap this up today. Another long show. What? Do you, anything you want to close with? Um, just to remind everyone that today at 3 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be doing a Facebook Live on Let's Truck Tribe. Excellent. And we're going to be talking about a lot of the stuff that we just did, actually. Good. Metabolic syndrome, what it is, breaking it down, you know, talking about the distinguishing factors that make someone metabolically sick and kind of go from there. Excellent. So that's at 3 p.m. Eastern. All right. That's what, coming up in about 45 minutes, right? Yes. Perfect. All right. Um, That should do it then. Thanks as always. We'll do it again next week. Uh, Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is a free-for-all. I don't think I have any guests joining me tomorrow. I think it's just a free-for-all. Friday, I'm taking off. Uh, I got to go down and work on the coach. Um, I got to get that thing done. We got to take off and hit the road here soon. So got a lot of stuff to get caught up on. So I just, uh, I need an extra day this week. So I'm taking Friday off. So I will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.